Good evening, everybody. Hello. The ecologist here. The quirky guy from the north shore of Lake Ontario in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. The lockdown capital of Canada. We're not locked down anymore. But we're still talking about it. It's Tuesday. It's January 24th, 2023. It's 7.06 Eastern Time. Eastern North America time. I'm just going to call it that because we do have a worldwide audience. Eastern North America time. I'm not going to say if it's daylight saving or standard time anymore because I always get mixed up anyhow. So it's 7 o'clock Eastern North America time, Toronto time, North New York time. We do this show sometimes on the weeknights between 7, but well, it's usually between 8 and 8.30. Tonight we're going to be early because we have a special guest coming in from Sofia, Bulgaria. Which is six hours ahead of us. So it's one in the morning there. And we wanted to get this guest on. We've wanted to get this guy on for a long time. John LeBond of JohnLeBond.com, who is the intrepid Australian traveler who has uprooted himself and positioned himself in one of the more inexpensive Eastern European countries to make a life. Super bold, super daring to do. Really a fish out of water, I would say. And he's a super fan, I would say, of fakeologists. He's a harsh critic of fakeologists. But that's okay. The opposite of love is indifference. So the fact that he is critical is a sign of respect. I'm fine with that. As you see on the bottom of your screen... You see the scrolling bill ticker on the bottom. That's the phone numbers. Those are the phone numbers. You can call in. And um, you can call in and talk to us. I know Dave J said he was going to call in. So, Dave J, if you want to call in, I will uh, conference you on Discord. Um, that's probably the best way to do it. But uh, John LeBon is in Discord right now, but he's also in my studio, so he should probably log out of Discord. And you says, um, you said John sounds grumpy. Well, he's either grumpy or drunk usually at this time of night. I don't want to cast aspersions on the poor man, but that's his usual condition at this time of night. But maybe he's. Uh, Stone Cold Sober, we don't know. We haven't had any updates from John in a long time. So we're going to find out. We're going to find out about that and and how he's been and what he's up to. And uh, he just tagged me out of the blue today because he was trying to get on the Discord server, fake11.com forward slash Discord. And when he went there, the link was dead. That's probably why no one has joined my Discord server in a while. Well, thank you for that hat tip, John LeBon. 
So now it's updated. I don't know how it died because we had an indefinite invite there, but it was dead. So we updated it and it should work. Anytime there's a problem with any of my websites, just send me an email at I'm at fakeologist.com. Sorry, I'm at fakeologist.com and I will receive it. That's my number one interaction part point is, is, uh, my email. Everyone should stick to email. I know it's censored and uh, has blacklists and all kinds of obstacles to being perfect, but it's better than all the other places, I think, for sending correspondence because it's somewhat private. You can make your email really private by using keys. I give you my public key and then you... You give me your private key. I can't remember how it works, but it's called PGP, pretty good privacy. I don't think anyone uses it. I know they wanted to make it illegal at one point because they like to read email. That's the whole point of the mail service. Even back to the old postal mail days, they just used it for intelligence gathering. So uh, anyhow, uh, what do we got here? Do, 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 do. I just got an email from Malaga, Malaga Bay, another blog that was posting some death statistics from England and Wales. How you guys been? How's everybody? Oh, I should open up the um, FacoTube chat. So let me open do, do, that. Do, do. I just got an okay. email from Malaga. Oh, I just opened up FacoTube. That's why I heard my voice. We're going to open um, a new tab up and see if there's anyone in the FacoTube chat. And there's absolutely nobody. And that's what happens when you don't do a show regularly. You uh, lose your audience. And I apologize for that, but um, I have um, just backed off a little bit so I can do other things. Because when you do a show every night, even though you're on for one hour, there's another hour of show closing. And, of course, if you're studious, you'll spend half an hour at least preparing for the show. And uh, I did not. I, don't, I do not usually prepare for the show. I just show up and start reading my blog and FacoTube, take a couple calls, and before you know it, an hour's gone. And good evening, Dirty Benny. Dirty Benny is in the YouTube. Now, we usually cut YouTube off. The The main reason I have YouTube going at the beginning of the show is so you know to go to FacoTube and continue watching and commenting on the show there. Because we can't trust what we might talk about is going to be censor-proof. And that's why we usually turn off the YouTube show within the first five minutes and the other good re the other reason I do use YouTube a little bit is obviously I have been um, have my strikes go away and also you get I think some kind of notification on YouTube I guess you got maybe maybe it shows up on your sidebar I know you don't get an email from YouTube anymore so well, that's not useful, but I know so many people are actually on YouTube, then they might see the show show up live. Maybe they know enough. So it looks like there are three people on YouTube right now and one person on DLive. And we stream on 
YouTube, Facebook, Unknown Causes Group, Twitter, DLive, and FacoTube. But Dirty Benny is a big supporter of the Fakeologist Forums, which is fakeologist.com forward slash forums too. But I think Dirty Benny is against being on FacoTube, which is our other platform that we pay for. Actually, you guys pay for it. And I really appreciate all the donors at fakeologist.com forward slash donate. You guys pay for it. And uh, the best way to send a donation is just through DonorBox, which is the top of, on top of your screen. And I just noticed I haven't been sharing my screen. So I apologize for that. Let's, let's wake up. I wonder what, uh, what, what's showing on FacoTube or what's showing on the video. Absolutely nothing. But man, it just shows you how completely unprepared I am. So here, here's a screen for once. So here is the, here's the donation page. So this is the easiest way. You can make it weekly or monthly or recurring or one time. And the other easy way to do it is you get this Veet wallet on your phone, Apple or Android. Get the Veet wallet. And um, just scan this wallet and I will receive some Veet, which can be switched over to... Um, can it be switched over to Bitcoin or Epic? It doesn't really matter. Actually, this opens up the Veet Epic wallet, so you need Epic for that. But if you want to just send me Bitcoin, you can do that down here. That's my Bitcoin address. I haven't even checked this, so I should check it. By the way, I just unmuted John the Bonnie. Are you there, John? I'm here. Uh, can you hear me? My comments are clear. You're great. I wasn't. Sh I wanted you to chat to me if you were here, but then I thought maybe you didn't see that, so I just figured I'll just unmute. Well, it's you. great to be here. Hello to yourself and to all the listeners all around the world here at fakeologist.com. It's been a little while ever since you and I last chatted. A few months, I think, actually. So it's too, great to be back and too long. To talk with yourself and all the listeners. I don't think we've had a formal show in the evening, have we? Where I'm on a good mic that actually sounds good, as opposed to echoing away in my car. Well, you might recall we did a show perhaps a year or so ago, you, myself, and Tim Osman from Infinite Plan Society. And that was, yeah, about a year ago. So the time has flown by, hasn't well, it? Well, not a one-on-one, -on -one, but yeah, we were with Tim Osman, but yeah, that's true. Well, and I have to say from the outset, I appreciate you starting this show earlier to accommodate me. I'm here in beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria, where it is 2 o'clock in the morning. And I thought we were going to start at 3 o'clock my time, so I do appreciate you Maybe uh, having dinner earlier or putting dinner off to a coffee. No, I choked down dinner real quick. I was ready to go at 6.30, but then I didn't see you, and but I contacted you, so we're all good. I'm happy to do it. Of course I would do it. Normally I try and interview Europeans on Sunday because I can do that in the middle of the day, and that's usually early evening for Eastern or Western or Central Europeans like yourself. But if since you're up, I was happy to accommodate, as I would anybody. But the earliest I can usually sit up, sit at the mic is six thirty. Really, not too possible to get any earlier. And that's fair enough. Well, I've been listening to your audio chats with Rick and with Frank, and it sounds like you're very busy with work, Abs. So, well, yeah, the business is going well. Well, yeah. Now the season's now officially dead, so we're back to the dead season, which is fine with me. Um, money isn't everything, but. Um, I usually can be home on time now, which is great. 
And, uh, yeah, here we are. So welcome, welcome, welcome. What's going? I'll, I'll try not to talk too much about, cause I don't even do shows regularly in the last bit. So I'm so far behind talking to my audience that, uh, I was using the opportunity before you showed up to talk. But now that you're here, I'm going to have to concentrate on you and your website and how you have been. So how have you been at johnlebon.com? Is it still closed to new membership or is it open? Still closed to new membership, but I do plan to open it on March 11 because that is, of course, the anniversary of our mate Ted Ross at the World Health Organization officially characterizing the coronavirus as a pandemic. You might recall he had the big press conference and he said, this coronavirus, <laughs> this coronavirus can be characterized as a pandemic. He yeah. never said it's officially a pandemic, but we yeah. use that as the date, 3-11, when it all became official. And you know, something interesting, actually, I was updating my fakeologist page on johnlebond.com many years ago, back in 2016, I created a page on the website, available publicly, it still is. A lot of what's on johnlebond.com is still available publicly, so some people have this idea that it's all closed. It isn't. There's still tons of content that's available publicly, and I started this page called Fakeologist, where I just explained what I think Fakeologist is, and if you're not familiar with it, here are the things you need to know, and then I listed all of my appearances there. But I hadn't updated it for about three years. So I spent the past couple of days updating that page and I was going through my appearances and I, I forgot this, but it all makes sense. Around that middle of March, I was on like seven consecutive audio chats and I'm looking forward to going and downloading them and re-listening to see what was I saying? What were you saying? What were, cause we had, well, I shouldn't say we, you had probably a dozen, maybe even 20 people were flying through fakeologists because that was when the world was changing, wasn't it? The world was changing rapidly. Mm -hmm. We didn't know what was happening. We didn't know if it was going to be a temporary thing or a long-term thing. And I'm looking forward to going back and listening to those audio chats. So I've got them all listed, all of my appearances, and more importantly than that, all of my opinions or my general overview of what fakeologist is. And so because I finished updating that page, I contacted you and said, hey, I'd love to come and talk on an audio chat about all of this. And then you came up with a better idea. Let's do an interview. So here we are. And hopefully, Ab, we can discuss things that the audience finds interesting, pertinent, worthwhile, worth their time. Yeah. Now, if we talk about um, Corona, should we, that means we should turn off the YouTube because I don't know what you can say on YouTube. They are always changing. And yeah, that's uh, you. so I think I'm going to turn off YouTube right now. I'm sorry, Dirty Benny. I think Dirty Benny's in YouTube and he's a huge supporter of the website, but I'm going to turn it off, but Dirty Benny, you can always go to fakeotube.com. I know not everyone wants to go there, but if you go to fakeotube. He's watching through your restream studio because he's leaving comments in the restream. He says, good evening to. Yeah, but that's come, there, those come through YouTube. You can't, no one is in the restream studio except you. So what happens is restream will grab all the comments from the supported sites. Of which FacoTube is not one. So I'm going to turn YouTube off and go to FacoTube.com. And this is FAK663, John LeBond. Just go, just type in 663 in the FacoTube search and you'll come to this page and you'll be able to listen to the rest of it. So Sayonara fake YouTube. Okay. Now we can talk with abandon <laughs> on, uh, and jail. Yeah. Dirty Benny says you have. Being a big promoter of fakeologist, which is absolutely true. And hello, Harmon, 
in the FACOTube chat, which is on the screen. I don't know if you can see the FACOTube chat, John, on your screen, but... Yeah, it's coming through on the restream. I can see that. Hello to Harmon. Okay. Actually, Harmon, that name sounds familiar. Did he call in the other day? Yes, great caller in her, an older gentleman from Nevada, uh, an old, old uh, fakeologist type person, conspiracy person, so... You know what I listened to a couple nights ago? Your chat with the two people who were talking about, uh, what's that? Somethingism. There's an ism. Communitarianism. Uh, kind of, that's the one. The yes. I listened to that one. Yeah, that was interesting. Very interesting call, Ad. But it <laughs> sounds to me, tell me if I'm wrong here. I, I couldn't get a handle on that at all. Slightly flippant towards him at times. There was one. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm always flipping. Playing videos of him chopping down a tree and you were like, have you ever had a tree fall on your head or something like this? And it almost sounded like you were implying, perhaps jocularly, that maybe this person was a little bit not all there mentally. That's kind of what it sounded like. Although no, I didn't question. Well, for uh, if I had the soundboard, I would have probably paid, played the cuckoo clock a couple times because he was saying stuff that I really didn't uh, synchronize with. I didn't understand, and I was losing track of the conversation. Over and over again. It sounds like a great guy. I just wa I did watch his um, his technique to cut down a very large tree, and I didn't think it was a good technique. I don't know a lot about tree felling, but I'm pretty sure what he was doing was extremely dangerous. So I did make a comment. It was actually fairly serious. And of course, the end of the video, we didn't get to see what happened with the tree. <laughs> I don't know. They cut away. So I. Well, I think his wife reassured you that yeah, her husband girlfriend. wants to cut down a tree. That tree's coming down. Yeah, and Jenna. It's nice to hear a wife supporting her husband. Well, they're not married. They're not even seeing each other. That's what they said oh, at they the beginning. They did say that. They did say that. But yeah, maybe they were just um, yeah. just teasing me. But maybe they are somehow hang, hanging out on the chicken coop, free range, whatever they're on. But yeah, they wrote to me, and I just spontaneously thought, okay, communitarianism, that is one of my favorite topics. I'll talk about that, but we didn't really talk about it. And then at the end of the call, they, she said she had narrated some communitarian videos, and I went and found them, and they were all really great. I put them on FACOTube, and I wrote them back saying, at least, Jenna, would you come back and talk to me about communitarianism, because you really narrated beautifully, and I haven't heard back since, so... Maybe they maybe they wrote me back on Skype. I don't I don't leave Skype open. But yeah, if you want to go take a take a look, see if you look on FacoTube. I even created a new category for communitarianism. I think on FacoTube, and there are five videos. What do communitarians say? What is communitarian law? Who created communitarianism? Is communitarianism real? What is communitarianism? And they're really great videos. So. Go find them if you want. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad you liked it. That was just another yeah, spontaneous show. To the audio chats. I have noticed, and I was hoping to ask you about this, so since we're on the topic, I might as well ask you now. What is going on with the, the broader fakeologist community? Because it kind of seems like six months ago the place was buzzing and there were audio chats featuring five, ten, sometimes more than that, people on one call. These days it's Ab, Frank, and Rick with almost nobody else. So what... Can I ask as a fakeologist super fan, what is going on at the moment? <laughs> with, uh, John, you observe what I observe. I don't, there's nothing engineered about it. Whatever happens, happens. Um, it's just gone quiet. I think that um, other people have figured out 
it's really easy to start a Discord and then they just take their business over to their own Discord. I know I'm not on any other Discord really, um, other than IPS. I'm on his, but I don't read them. I'm not over there. I don't have the energy or the time. I don't really know. I don't get invited to the other ones and I don't go over there and spend time because I don't even spend time on my Discord because I'm completely maxed out when it comes to spending time on uh, the millions of zillions of platforms there are. So it's just, I think it's just ebb and flow. I think if I kicked it up a bit and just encouraged people to come on, maybe more people would come on to an audio chat, but I, again, I just don't have the energy for it. And as you know, the, the discord has been taken down quite a few times. I, my guess is it just is reported by someone who wants to just cause trouble. I don't necessarily believe that discord combs through all their virtual servers looking for problems. I think someone just flags a post, sends it in and then boom, it gets knocked down. So somebody, a malcontent that comes by and it is a lot of work to reconstitute a server because there are quite a few links and bots that one puts in a server and I haven't even put them all back into this new server because it takes time and I have other things to do. I'm just guessing if I don't pay attention to it or there isn't a compelling figure on the Discord that brings in conversation, then it just goes quiet. So... You have your own Discord. Do you think perhaps looking back, the because the timing of the whole thing was obviously not ideal. The server goes down, then when it, which you're going to lose some people, you know, as they try to get back to the new server, what have you. Mm-hmm. And then there were new moderation policies, which might have put a few people, you know, might have uh, upset a few people. And then you've got the situation now where you don't seem to be too keen to promote the new Discord. So you put all these things together and maybe what we had and by we, I mean those of us who like to listen to these chats. What was there a year ago maybe isn't going to come back. Do you think it's possible that? Oh, as long back? as I have a Discord, it'll it, it'll it'll come back again. It's just a, now you thankfully found the link was dead. Now I don't test the link daily, and um, so you found that fake11.com forward slash Discord was dead. I don't know why it died. I I think I asked someone to give me an every. A forever link and I put it in and maybe they killed the link, but I, I grabbed a new link and put it in. So we always have fake11.com forward slash discord. So wherever, whatever discord server is there exists, it will point to it. We also have fake11.com forward slash gilded, which is another platform that, um, doesn't get much attention. We also has that, have that as a backup. And uh, I dropped fake11.com forward slash discord into Twitter today. And I got a couple new members right away. And I haven't verified them. I think Harmon just came in. Harmon, if that's you, I will just instantly verify you. So let's take a look at uh, the FakeOtube chat. Mr. Dave J is testing away. And he says, I see, Mr. Dave J says, I suggest you are correct. Discord goes down if a troll flags the channel down. Ask Osman about it. He would know how trolling works. And Mr. Dave J says, is wild man still the mod? Mr. Dave J, you might want to change your email, change your username to your username. Cause right now your email is showing, even though I have that setting turned off. So somehow 
I guess if you don't put in a username, it just puts your email there. Unless you want your email displayed. I personally don't have any problem displaying my email. So, uh, yeah, Dave J is in the FacoTube chat right now. His email slash username has a 420 in there, Ab. You wouldn't happen to know what that's a reference to, per chance. I think it has to do with Mary Jane, marijuana, in which he, as, of which he is a purveyor, I believe, and a consumer. Yeah, apparently he's quite the fan of the herbal. Yeah, I guess some people herbal. may call him a stoner. <laughs> Dave well, J. I wouldn't want to say anything quite as <laughs> controversial as that. We know how Dave responds to those. Comments. Yeah, really. Well, Dave he's J. Been very active on your comment section. Yeah, well, we can. He? He's in the Discord, so when we when you want to take a call from him. We can, I can conference in the Discord, but right now I'm not, I'm not in the Discord. So if one, if, if we get, um, if we get, um, into the caller inner part of the show, then we can bring him in if, if you're interested. Well, that would be very interesting because I haven't spoken with you for quite some time. And in the interim, obviously this Putin, Ukraine, Russia thing, it continues to meander on in the, in the mainstream media, doesn't it? It's been, you know, that started on February 24, 242, so we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of that. And since Dave was, in my personal opinion, and I would suggest I've probably looked into this further than most fakeologists, Dave seems to have been the first person to not just identify but share this idea that it's not just that the Iraq war was exaggerated and the footage we were given was nonsense. The concept of war we've been deceived about, Dave J was, as far as I'm aware, in this entire conspiracy or truth of culture, and we're going back many years here. The first person to point out in plain terms, guys, this is this is not real. So if we do go into that topic later on, it'd be cool to get him called yeah. him, so long as he's in a good mood. You know, Dave J sometimes is yeah. in a in a good mood and sometimes he's not. If he's in the former mood, the good mood, I'd love to hear from him. If he's in one of his less than uh, cordial moods, then perhaps. Yeah. Well, this is your show, John. This is this is your show. Oh, this is your show, Ab. This no, is I meant special. you're you're the you're the very special guest. So, I want to uh, if you know, I want to make sure you get as much airtime as possible. Actually, you know so. who I want to call into the show tonight? That no. fellow who called in with Uncle Vigilante perhaps three or four weeks ago. That was a strange little uh, interaction. Wasn't oh, it? Sean from Idaho. Hmm. Well, you know what? I I don't. I don't think it was strange. Just Uncle Vigilante didn't want to be challenged, and I understand that. And Sean, I think, was being totally reasonable. But not everyone is um, interested in conflict, and Uncle Vigilante wasn't into it for that day, or that wasn't the point. So that that was a day when we did not ask for callers, and then the phone started to ring. So, and it hardly ever rings. Because I guess people are satisfied with the conversation and don't have anything anything to say particularly. We have. Um, it looks I like we have both an- sides of it. Yeah. Sorry, I just want to say on the audio at fake11.com forward slash stream one, we have that's an audio platform that we are also streaming to. We have Ann Arbor, Michigan, who has been logged in for it looks like a day. <laughs> I don't know. I guess they listen to the stream. Manchester, New Hampshire, we have Austin, Texas, some other place in the United States, and some place in the United Kingdom listening on the audio. So you can listen to audio, otherwise it's just as easy to tune into fakeotube.com, where we are streaming, and our, has it, seven people are on fakeotube, 
And I guess no one's on YouTube because we cut that stream. So, yeah. Austin, so, Texas, is that where human vibration resides? She's in Texas somewhere. I always confuse it. I think she's in Dallas. She said Dallas. Thank you. I think we have um, a couple of people I remember. First Value, I believe that SMJ, who's since left our Discord server. I don't know if he's completely abandoned the fake wall just platform. I, I have no idea. I have no way of tracking. But he's one person down there. There are quite a few people. We got. I, I have lots of listeners that never once ever make contact. And, um, so if you, if you're one of those listeners that just want to say hello, uh, just send me an email and I'll give you a shout out. But uh, yeah, we have lots. And I have, by the way, I have some great bumpers that, um, IBD sent me. And I'm sorry, I don't know what IBD's name is. You want, he did a bumper with the queen. Are you interested in hearing, hearing the queen? Yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> this was a good, <laughs> this is a good one. I had a dream come true last year. I got to visit the queen and we chatted for a moment. When I asked her what makes her most happy, she whispered in my ear. I listen to Fakeologist audio at fakeologist.com every chance I get. Wow. Me too. <laughs> so, thank you so much to IBD. There's about 10 more. I haven't listened to them all, but that one was the one I played at the dinner table tonight. Went over pretty well. So... The queen in uh, memoriam, I guess, is listening. Thank you. Did you hear that, John? Your queen and my queen. Uh, well, you're from the Commonwealth, as am I originally. Now we've got the king. And you know, I noticed something interesting the other day. I was looking at, you know, there was a show called Arrested Development. Yeah. And it was uh, narrated by Ron Howard. Were you a fan of that show? No, I don't know anything about it, actually. Well, there was one episode, season four, episode four, where Ron Howard, he's not just the narrator of the show, he occasionally pops up, I guess, as a cameo or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, to cut a long story short, in this particular episode, he's playing a big producer and he's going to produce a film for the main character. So he invites him up to the top floor to come discuss this this uh, movie that he wants to produce with the, the main character. And he says, come and jump into the LEM, the Lunar Exploration Module, whatever it uh, stands for. You know, the Lunar Module that landed on the moon supposedly and so in ron howard's office is i guess a one-to-one -one scale model of the real thing and he says come and jump in we'll chat there and he, he explains to the characters this is all within the, the show he explains that man didn't go to the moon in 1969 the technology wasn't ready they did go later but the original was all just fakery and so i went back and looked at that episode for my own reasons i'm doing some sync related content Later, in, well, in that same episode, Ron Howard says, hey, um, these guys are allowed in. I'm not the King of England. This was back when there wasn't a King of England. There was a Queen of England. And, of course, now we do have a King of England, don't we? Now, I'm not saying that's proof of anything. I just found that interesting, that in the episode where they're exposing the moon hoax with a fake lunar lander, and I believe, and I'm sure you and most listeners believe, the lander that we were shown is itself a fake. So you've got a fake within the TV show that looks just like the fake in real life. You've got Ron Howard, who was the producer of Apollo 13, one of the few films about the Apollo missions in contemporary times, and he's got a fake lunar module in his office. He's explaining that the whole thing was fake, and later in that same episode, he says that he's not the King of England. Just a little coincidence that I noticed the other day. You're probably into those kind of things. Oh, yeah, but not very much of a... There it is. That's the clip, yeah. Yeah. Ron Howard's lunar module. For those of you who are listening, in the video version of this, Ab has got the, the clip up on his screen here. 
Yep, they jump into the module. And look at that. Okay, that's inside the module now, but the outside, the external, looks just like the lunar module that we were given, that we are given to this day of officially landing on the moon. And it's Ron Howard, the producer of Apollo 13. So they're making a mockery that this was a model. I, I guess that's the point. So they're sort of mocking well, it anyone. it depends how you interpret it. Yeah. If you're just a regular person, you might just think this is just a funny gag. If you're so inclined, you might think that there's more to it. There's some esoteric elements to all of this. But this is but probably course, classic gaslighting, isn't it? Narrative. It's, it's, it's well, classic gaslighting. I, I don't know exactly what they're doing. I don't know why they do this. I've got my own theories, but who knows why they do stuff like this? Why do they? And same with, what was it called? Uh, James Bond, uh, Diamonds Are Forever. Mm -hmm. Same thing where they've got the moon set and Bond, Sean Connery was Bond at the time. He escapes from the bad guys by driving through a fake moon landing set where they're faking a moon landing, which but in the context of that film had no relevance to the rest of the plot. It wasn't, wasn't a plot device. There, it was just a one-off scene where there's a fake moon landing that has no real reason to be there other than for what? Is it to mock the masses? I don't know. I would love to know. Oh, here we go. Yep, we put it up on the screen here. I use presearch.com to find it. Much better than all the other search engines. I would take this as more mockery, really. Well, this particular bond is from only a few years after the official moon landings have finished. This is from the 70s at some point. So this is not 1971, so yeah, three years later. Well, there you go. When, when the moon landings were still happening, supposedly, because that was 69 to 72. So this is in the middle of the Apollo missions to the moon. And you've got a James Bond film with a fake moon landing set that has no relevance to the rest of the plot of the film. He could have escaped any old how. Why is he escaping through a fake moon landing set? I have to admit, I don't remember this movie, period. I didn't watch all the Bonds. I don't think I went backwards. I started with Roger Moore. Well, how old were you in 71? You would have still been a little kid, I would imagine. Yeah, but a lot of times if I like a movie series, I'll go back and watch the whole thing. But I never really watched the Sean Connery ones. I think I didn't identify him as James Bond, as I said, because I started with Roger Moore in the late 70s. But yeah, there's the scene. So you did something on your YouTube channel to discuss this? No, not my YouTube channel. I've barely uploaded anything on YouTube because I closed the site to new members in September of last year. So uh -huh. that's about four months ago now. And since then, I've had no real reason to be producing content there. I should just produce it for the members of JohnLeBond.com. So the vast majority of what I've published the last four months, I suppose, has just been on the website. But I'm working on some content at the moment to do with some things concerning three the Six coronavirus, seconds. the vaccines. Can I just say uh, thank you to Harmon, who's now calling in. Th thank you, Harmon. Harmon, you know, you don't have to donate every time there's a show, just so you know. <laughs> it's not a problem. <laughs> it's not you're, a requirement. This isn't pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Uh, he's talking about the James Bond when they had that stuff on the Diamonds Are Forever on that moon landing park. The la last James Bond, I've noticed... And quite a few of the little series and movies now, they're mentioned the ether in the movies. Okay. And just like if it's act, if it's just part, it's already known. It's just as in the ether or this is what happens in the ether. That's how they do it. And they just keep carrying on like it's accepted. 
And then the James Bond one, like at the 118 minute mark, I remember or something like that. 118. And he was talking. I, I think I can't remember. It's around in there somewhere. And he's talking to his bosses before he dies, and he's, um talks about it and says, "Yeah, we'll all know that when it goes in the ether." And he just says it like it's nothing. And then in Bosch, it was a TV series on 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 Amazon, and like season five, episode four, or season four, episode five at the twenty minute mark. She's sitting there. Her mom had died, and uh, she's talking to her other high school friends, saying, "Yeah, well, she's out in the ether. We'll have to see what happens." Interesting. So, you want to say hi like to how you want to say hi to John Lebon? Hi, John Lebon. <laughs> Hello, Harmon. Good to have you here. Is there a way Ab, that you can boost Harmon's audio like ten percent on our ends? Because I think his and this is not his fault. So Harmon, this is not a criticism of you. I think he's coming through just a little bit softer than you are. Well, I'm I'm always the most powerful. I can dial myself down a notch, and I could. Yeah, dial... but then I might be too loud. Then I will dial Harmon up a bit. Harmon's pretty loud in my end, but that doesn't mean it's loud in in your end. So, uh, testing one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's much better. Yeah. So Harmon, thank, thank you, you so much. That's an interesting comment. John LeBon is into these kind of syncs, so maybe John LeBon will write those down and incorporate them into future. But they do give us clues all the time. How did Harmon find fakeologist.com? I wonder. What's that? How did you first discover fakeologist.com? Uh, through Uncle Uncle Todd. Odd. Uncle Todd, Odd, or Vigilante. Yeah, you, you, you came through the Epic community to Fakeologist community. Yeah, I, I came in. Uh, no, I followed Uncle Todd before that when he was Odd. Okay. And then he went, then he went to Epic, then I followed him there, and then he talked about you, then I followed him here. Okay, yeah. And you know what? So... Someone was talking about on uh, the No Agenda show, it, which is one of my favorite shows. They're some of the better podcasters in the world. I think they have a million people that listen or download, so it's huge. And what's his name? Uh, sorry, Adam Adam Curry, who's a, who called the Podfather. He says he helped invent the the whole idea, which is probably true. He had a complaint where. He, Someone was saying that, how do I find podcasts? If there's millions of podcasts, how do I find a podcast? There's no index, really, because he runs the podcast index, which just keeps track of the feeds. And uh, basically, he said that best the way he grows his podcast, the No Agenda Show, which is one of the biggest ones, is cross-pollination, where he'll go on another show. and all Because people are very provincial. Once they find their shows... They don't tend to start looking around because it fills their time up pretty much. So when you go on another show, you're basically introducing yourself to a whole other audience. And No Agenda went on, or Adam Curry went on the Joe Rogan show, which I think is the the biggest podcast. Why, I don't know. And he got a pretty good kick to his already large audience from the Joe Roganites who came over. Well, it's the same with me or John LeBon or anyone. I, I like interacting with some of my favorite podcasters, even if it's not just totally fakeology, because it introduces a whole new audience. And that's the only really uh, reliable way to grow your audience or have other people find you. That's my, That was my point. 
So you, you just a, you just proved it. You you Harmon, you proved it a bit by what you said. <laughs> right. Just wish it was a lot more. Uh, but on season one, episode one of the original Twilight Zone in 1959, mm -hmm. it's it's a uh, it's a it's a Air Force pilot that's in a it's all he's the only one there. It's all the city's all vacant and everything. And he goes and stands in front of the movie theater, and there's a there's a recruiting poster there for the Air Force. And in the background, you can see the airplanes, but you can also see what would what we would call chemtrails, not not contrails, but actually chemtrails in the poster and back in 1959. Okay, how do you know they're not contrails? So, well, because I used to. Well, contrails. Contrails go away in 10 to 15 seconds. I, out here in the desert, we used to, as a kid, I used to lay there because I, the closest person that lived to me is over two miles away, so I was always by myself. So I'd be laying down in the grass and watching the jets go by my head, and I know they only last 10 to 15 seconds. These trails on this uh, poster cover the whole sky. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. the only reason I would say the difference is. Yeah. And then in, in, also in 1959, if you go to a Palm Springs um, newspaper, you had the citizens complaining about these new trails that were going across the sky. And then this general from the Air Force gets and answers the questions. But it's from the Palm Springs newspaper in 1959. If you type that much in, you'd be able to find it most likely. All right. Well, I'm not a big fan of the chemtrail conspiracy. Uh, what about you, John LeBon? What's or what's your take on it? I don't know if I've heard her. I know you probably and said this is one area where you and I are still in agreement after all these years. I don't believe that there are planes leaving behind chemicals to poison people or to block out the sun or anything like that. However, that's because I haven't seen them. If I were to see that yeah. or if I was to have empirical evidence, I'd change my mind very quickly because I think if they wanted to do that, they yeah. could easily get away with it. Who's going to stop them? Do you, but do I just you... haven't seen it. And then when yeah. I have seen... Because I've said to people, including members of my own website, there's a lot of members on my site who disagree with me on a whole lot of topics, and that's totally cool. This is one of the main ones: is the chemtrails. So I've said to some of them, "Hey, if you if you've got um, video footage of it, or a time lapse, or whatever, I'll take a look." And so I've taken a look at some of the footage that's been presented to me, and to me, it looks like contrails that are spreading. So yeah, in some areas there's lots of flights going over. You'll get the contrails that all mix with each other, and if you want to see that as cloud forming, you can. To me, it's like, you know how sometimes people, they like to, you know, they're at a picnic or something and they're laying down looking at the sky and they're like, that cloud looks to me like a clown with a red nose. That cloud looks to me like a syringe being held by Dr. Fauci. People see what they want to see. I think it's the same with, with the chemtrails and the contrails. If you want to see clouds that are being formed intentionally, you'll see it. If you don't believe in it, you just see a whole bunch of contrails. Somebody talked about that. Somebody just talked about that. you hear this. I just want to say that I'm not denying the possibility. And if someone has seen it and they believe it, that's totally cool. That's your, that's your experience. I think it's valid. Just, I'm 35 years old. I look at the sky a lot. I've got a beautiful balcony here in Plovdiv, Bulgaria. I look at the sky a lot. I always have. And I just haven't seen it personally. Somebody just said that I, I can't remember what it's called. It's when, when maybe Tim Osmond was talking about it. When you see something, that's a an image in clouds or or say in the sand that that's called something and they were trying to make people that uh they were trying to make that a mental health condition if you see things then there's something wrong with you and he was linking that to uh, suppressing people being creative and imaginative 
<laughs> so it's, yeah, funny. it's called apophenia. Okay. Apophenia is oh, okay. the name they give to the patterns, yeah. Okay, so you know power about su- this. Power suggestion. Power suggestion. But they were trying to make it seem like that's a bad thing that you can see that. Is that, is that, does that sound? Well, let me tell you. So there's this group called the Sync Book and they, their peak was around 2000, say 12 to 14. They published two books. There was a bunch of different contributors and they put together two books. I own both of those books. I, I travel. I've got both of those books with me in this very apartment. Those books and their community, all their podcasts, because I found them years later, but I went through all their archives and a lot of my own work has been influenced by and inspired by these simple people. And if you listen to their archive of podcasts, because they've got a couple hundred just archived there, if you go through them one by one, if you read their book, which, like I said, is a multi-author project, they had about 25 authors for each book, 25, 26 authors for each book, you you sort of get to know who these people are because you read their work, you hear them. And I've never spoken, with one exception, I did interview one of them for my website some years ago. But apart from that, if I had no interaction with them directly, but you get a feel for these people because you're reading their works and you're listening to their podcasts and watching their videos. And it does seem to me a lot of these sync guys. Now, these are people who look at some of these coincidences with the numbers or with the movies, with the actors, with the politicians, all these kinds of things. A lot of them openly speak about being committed or having psychotic episodes, whatever, missing for a few days or whatever the case might be. And so we're dealing with a small sample size. It's easy to over extrapolate these things, but it, it does seem to me that the sync people who are generally more into these connections of the numbers they do seem to have mental issues, to use that term broadly. And if you get to a stage where you're being committed or if you get to a stage where you're disappearing for a few days or whatever, maybe you do have some some kind of, I don't want to use the word mental illness or whatever, but maybe sometimes people do go too far with the numbers if it starts to negatively affect their, their lives, if you get what I'm trying to say. So mm-hmm. apophenia as a concept, I, I do think some people uh, can go too far with this stuff. Like if it's... The, if you have a, have you, a have mental you seen pattern, the science, if you uh, have alert, a, a mental positive. habit and it leads to negative outcomes, maybe that is a, a potentially problematic thing. If you get what I'm trying to say. Have you, have you seen where Harvard put out the paper in 2019 saying they, their wild plan to dim the sun could actually work and they talk about how they spray in the sky? I haven't seen that, no. No. Yeah, it came out in 2019. All you got to do is Harvard scientists say, just put Harvard dimming the sun, it would come up. Yeah. Yeah. So Harvard put out a paper on that. I have seen other documents before, supposedly from government agencies or whatever, talking about cloud seeding, what have you. I'm not disputing that this is possible in theory or even in practice. But when you say to me, if someone says to me, do you believe in chemtrails? I'm like, I, I, what I think they're trying to ask me is, do you believe that the government or other agencies are spraying the sky with chemicals? to poison us or to blacken out the sun, and my response is still, no, I haven't seen that. So I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm not saying that it can't be done. I'm just saying I haven't seen it. Yeah, so why I, would I believe it? I, yeah, I agree. And um, yeah, can can I just say thanks, Harmon, for the donation, and thank you for calling in tonight? Okay. All right. We're going to gonna move on if, if, if that's all right with you, Want me to hang up? Want me to hang up? Oh, that's okay. I'll, I'll, uh... I'll hang up. I'll hang up. All right. Thank you, Harmon. Thank you. Thanks a lot. I didn't know. I just wanted to keep going and not have a group discussion. But thank you very much, Harmon, for your contribution. I will say, John, do you believe in geoengineering at all in any way or in, in just small scale cloud seeding? Because I, I wanted to say something about tonight's weather. Well, I think it's possible. I'm open to it. 
I think it's, I just, I don't have the empirical evidence, but if someone says to me, oh, for the Chinese Olympics back in 2008, they did use some kind of chemical in the sky to stop it from raining for the opening ceremony or something, I'm like, yeah, that's, wouldn't surprise me at all. So if that counts as geoengineering, sure, like, I believe it's possible. But if someone asks me, are they doing it? Not where I live. Yeah, not, not where, not where not I, I live either. I can tell. And I've said over and over again, I work at the airport. I work under all kinds of airplane flight lines. I don't see it. And uh, as far as contrails go, the contrails last a long time, as far as I can see, because Toronto has the most number of flights in Canada, and there's millions of contrails, and they stay there for a long time. And even the sky writers, when you watch those guys that write words in, in the sky with... I guess they put out some kind of, I don't know what they're pumping out to make, make the letters. Uh, they persist for a long time as well. But the reason I wanted to just ask if you were into geoengineering is because one thing I've noticed and I pay a, a lot of attention to, especially in the winter, is they usually announce a big snowstorm where I live almost a week in advance. And I'm really stunned by just their accuracy. <laughs> And I think, first of all, on a Sunday, like this past Sunday, they said there's probably going to be a snowstorm Wednesday into Thursday. And I thought, why are you guys telling everyone in Toronto this now? That's quite a bit down the road. And now you're going to get everyone all aggravated and, and nervous because when it snows here, the traffic just comes to a halt. So I thought, do you guys really have that great uh, modeling where you see the weather and the winds all lining up the same way and then you can make such a prediction or, and this is where the conspiracy idea comes in, or do you guys schedule these, these moisture bombs and you can literally, it's like starting a marble. Once you start it rolling, it'll just keep on going in a certain way as the weather patterns are quite consistent. In North America, with regards to the winds, the the uh, the Gulf Stream, etc., and the Gulf Stream is the wind on you can see on the screen here. This starts over here in the Gulf of Mexico and goes right up the East Coast, right along the right along along this mountain range, small mountain range, Adirondacks, and usually ends up in and around the Great Lakes where I live, and then carries out down the St. Lawrence River out to sea. Oh, I just thought, man, do you think they have some way of generating extreme moisture or starting some extreme moisture and then putting it up in the air on a certain day? Because right now you see on the screen, John, that this weather system is supposed to be here where I am tomorrow starting at noon. And it's going to blast us with two feet of snow. They started talking about this on Sunday. So that's why I think, is there something possible that they can do to just start the ball rolling? What say you? I, I'm open to it. What do you think would be the motivation? Do you think they want snow? They want people indoors? What would be, in your, like, obviously we don't, you don't know, but what would no. be your speculation as to why, if they are doing this, why would they be trying to do this? Because they can. And it's, would be pretty remarkable. Just if, it. <laughs> well, it'd be pretty remarkable if they could literally, cause a weather event. I think it's it's sort of playing with godlike powers if you had the technology to do it. 
Um, obviously, it uh, it just causes disruption. It's it's not a big deal if it snows. It just slows everyone down and causes a few crashes. I don't think there's a monetary benefit really, but I just thought, wouldn't that be interesting? Because they are so accurate, and I heard the accuracy of weather forecasts went way down over the last couple of years because they used airplanes to gather up to the second weather data. And if there's 5,000 flights over North America in the day, that's a lot of weather gathering. So I thought maybe when there were no planes flying for a little bit that the weather accuracy went down. But now it seems to be right back where they they, they call this by the hour. I'm, I'm always stunned by how did you guys know that it's going to start snowing in five days at 12 o'clock? That's pretty good. If that's just all computer modeling, then that that's probably the most likely thing. But what if they could start, say, a moisture bomb down here with whatever technology and then send it up, put it in the air, and then it just starts gathering steam and then heads along a, a weather pattern. That's all. Were you being serious? I actually gave you the time of day, or were you being facetious that they said it was going to happen at midday? No, no, they're very accurate when it when they call it. And tomorrow, really, from five days out, they're even giving you a time of the day. That is a bit peculiar, if that's the case. Yeah, it's within six hours. Now, as it gets closer, they get they narrow it down a little more, but it's it's very accurate. It's 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 crazy. I find it crazy. Now it's almost well, you know, like as coincidence would have it when I was out on the balcony just having a bit of a break because I did a almost two hour live stream myself mm-hmm. before this chat tonight because I had some time to pass. So I thought let's do a live stream. It's been a little while. So I had a little break between that and jumping on this call with you. I saw the first snow flakes of this winter. Mm-hmm. Now it might have, there might have been some light snow overnight once or twice this winter, but I wasn't there to see it. But in terms of actually seeing some snow, that's the first time this winter. Whereas last winter, it was cold, miserable, and it was snow quite often. But it wasn't enough snow to, like, be cute and beautiful. It was just enough to make smudge the next day, like that sludge you have to walk through. So it was really a bad winter last winter. But this has been a terrific winter so far. And that this is no word of a lie, as coincidence would have it. While I was out on the balcony just half an hour, an hour ago, I saw the first snowflakes of this winter. Sadly like that. And, and they, were predicting, they were predicting snow on Thursday, I think. What's today? Today's Tuesday, right? Yeah. Yeah, they were predicting snow for Thursday. So right. we've got snow on the way, but up, there's a little bit of snow out there tonight. A little bit of snowflakes. It'll melt by tomorrow, I'd imagine. Dirty but Benny yeah. has moved from YouTube to DLive <laughs> to continue his campaign not to come to FacoTube. <laughs> Why is he against FacoTube? I, I don't know. I appreciate the comments he's got coming through. Dirty Benny, what? answer There must that. be some reason. There must he be a reason. He's an intelligent guy. He wouldn't be doing this for no reason. He says, would love to hear JLB's take on AI and in particular the role of chat GPT in our future. Are you familiar well, I've got with chat GPT? particularly insightful to offer on that. This um, chat GPT 3 app, have you heard much about this? This is the newest iteration of this so-called AI program yes. or software or technology, I guess is a better word to give it. Have you looked much into this chat GPT 3 that came out a couple of months ago? Only heard about it from the No Agenda show. And I'm bringing it up. They just think it's, uh, well, apparently Google's very worried about it, apparently. But, um, oh man. Why would Google be worried about it? 
Well, because they they just think that people are going to go ask questions of ChatGPT and just ignore the Google search engine. Like, like, let's be honest. The Google search engine is nothing special. Before Google search, there were quite a few search engines. I used a meta search engine that brought all the search engines under one one site. Now, obviously, Google makes a lot of money by displaying links and and promoting links to the top because they know people don't go past the first page. So if people just... And a lot of people, newer people to the internet, just equate Google with the internet. They just think, oh, I'll Google it. They don't need, they've, they've taken the company name and turned it into a verb. So they, they just have really captured a huge audience just by people in general's ignorance of how the internet works. So if people suddenly say, well, I think I'll chat GPT it or I'll ask the chat AI, uh, That'll be the end of Google. They won't go to Google, period. If I ask uh, Chat GPT, uh, what's the best, where's the best place to get beer in Plovdev? <laughs> I, I'm not going to Google. It's pretty damn simple. So I, I've heard that they, they said just this week, they've put the, um, the code blue, code red for all their staff saying we have to, we have to basically uh, change everything we're doing and get going. So, like, I can ask here, what, where do I get the best beer in Plovdev? P-O-L-O, is it P-L-O-V? Let's see. Let's see what it says here. It's div with an I. Okay. <laughs> so it says, I'm not aware of a place called Plovdev. Where is maybe the you need to give it Plovdiv Bulgaria? And it's Plovdiv P L O V D I V. If you put beer, okay. Where's the best beer in Plovdiv Bulgaria? Uh, By the way, for people who are listening to this rather than watching, Ab has it on the screen right now. Did you already have an OpenAI account? Well, I just signed up the other day, so yeah. Um. Okay. So it what it does is just pretends it's thinking, so it chats slowly. It says, "I'm sorry, I don't have any information about the specific place to get beer, Plovdiv." However, you can check out local bars and pub in the city. That's just all BS. So, um, anyway. all right, let's try one more thing then. Let's try one more thing. Let's okay. see if it knows anything about uh, Bulgaria. Um, how about do you know who John LeBon is? Well, it's good. Let's, let's find out. No, it doesn't know you. So, so far, it's uh, a giant failure. <laughs> how about Toronto? Can you ask it what's the best bar in Toronto? Okay. What's the best bar in Toronto? Okay. Okay. It's more extreme. Okay. So it, it, it's giving a couple of actual, uh, suggestions. Bar Ravel, the Black Roof. Okay. So this, this is the power. See, this is, it's sort of conversing you, conversing with you in a more human way. And this is what Google's worried about. I, I guarantee Google is going to have their version of this within a year. They have to. Because this is... So for those who are listening, Ab, who can't see this, so when you asked it was the best bar in Toronto, it said it's subjective to say which is the best bar in Toronto. It depends on personal preferences. However, there are many bars in Toronto that have received positive reviews and are known for great atmosphere, drinks. So that's a very like generic response. Yeah. So while it was typing that, I guess it was Googling TripAdvisor or whatever. Then it's come up with five dot points. Yep. And it says Bar Raval, the Black Wolf, et cetera. 
So it's almost like its response to you, and this is just me watching this as it happens. It's like its response is to give like a generic reply mm-hmm. while it's Googling or web searching, you know, the top rev- the top rated places because there's lots of websites that rate these places, and then just gives dot points with a one sentence summary. So so far, it hasn't done anything particularly. Like the examples that we've looked at so far haven't been particularly uh, impressive, have they? But I've seen examples that other people have posted on different forums and different subreddits where it comes up with poems that rhyme. So, yeah. for instance, one guy used it to, because his wife was just about to give birth, so he asked this technology to come up with a poem based around the name. They'd chosen a name for the girl. I think her name was Alina or something. So he basically said, can you write me a poem for my newborn baby, Alina, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And it came up with like a five-verse poem, like each, ver- like each um, verse had four or five lines, and it all rhymed, and it was all, like, it could easily fit onto a Hallmark card, okay? Obviously, there was nothing specific about Alina. She'd just been born or she'd be born, but it was able to come up with a, a lovey, warm, I don't know the, the words to describe it, but you could take what was written, put it on a Hallmark card, and people would believe that Hallmark had a writer who was coming up with this stuff. That's how good it was. Now, for all I know, all the all the technology did was find the Hallmark card and rip it off and post it. I wouldn't know the difference. But if it's capable of coming up with poetry that rhymes and is on point, then I can see why a lot of why a lot of copywriters would be concerned. Yeah, like yes. people who there's lots of people who get paid just to churn out generic, low quality posts. Say people who enter search engine optimization, these people will have a, a client and they want to get their rankings to the top. One of the main ways to do this is to get backlinks from different websites. So people pay. will pay, yeah. they'll pay someone else to write effectively trash, but it has all the keywords in it. And then that'll be posted to one uh-huh. website like medium.com or whatever. Then they'll write a different article with the same keywords, post it to a different place with all the backlinks. And then over time, in theory, this will help rise raise the, the uh, seo so if you don't need quality research or quality writing it just needs to be in english and to be intelligible with the keywords i think this technology could do that already so i can see why those people who are being paid to churn out what is effectively generic rubbish i can see why they would be alarmed by this because why would someone pay you when they can just do it on this thing well it this, has this you- the point i'm trying to make you yeah, well, there's lots of ways to game all systems. And I think uh, now people are really realizing how big tech is gaming the systems, trying to influence results, and it's all money-driven. So whoever runs the systems is going to game the system. We all know that now Google is censoring like crazy, and Twitter was, and maybe they're not so much anymore. It's hard to tell, and we know YouTube. So we know all these all these tech platforms are are gamed all the time they're just they're totally rigged either censoring or just it's just pay for play when it comes to search results i think most people accept that so this is just sort of a new why would they care why would they care as long as they're getting the results they want why would they care do you get much traffic from google because you can check where your traffic comes from obviously as a web host well do you i do get i do get some i do get some um i can't Google cut off the search terms a long time ago. And I know that if I registered with Google or something that I could maybe get the search terms. But no, not really. No, I don't, I don't think Google is my friend that hasn't been for a long time. Yeah. I get almost no traffic from Google whatsoever. Almost none. No. 
And and that and that's the real sad part about it. I can't. I don't get anything from Presearch, and I always tell people go to Presearch dot com. I think at least at right now, it's a pretty good search engine. And one one thing I love about Presearch, it's I you can run a node for Presearch, sort of like um, you can be a uh, contribute to the speed of of the search because, of course, that's why Google. I was going to say earlier. Is so got got such a jump because they were stringing together computers under their own roof and made it super fast and really responsive and gave pretty good search results. That's why people. That's really how they kicked off. But what I like about pre-search, number one, it's going to be node based or it is node based. I don't know if it's implemented yet, so anyone can run a node to help speed it along. And I customize my pre-search. If you log into pre-search, you can customize it. And I have all these little icons on the left of your screen are, I can type in search terms and then click any of these buttons and search these terms on any of these customized buttons. So I can go to Google. I can search on Fakeologist. I can search on the Fakeologist forums. I can search on FakeOtube, Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute, Archive.org. Yandex, YouTube, Wikipedia, Everpedia, Twitter, PDF Drive, which is gone, BOK, which has been seized, <laughs> Clues Forum, Pirate Bay, or Amazon. So it's really handy and dandy where you can really concentrate your search results. So this is presearch.com. Have you tried it, John? I have not, but just based on what I've seen here, it looks interesting. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. And I haven't registered an open AI account either. I went... When I saw people talking about this chat GBT, I went to go and pract- like use it, trial it out, and then they wanted me to register. And I was like, oh, I'll come back and do it later. So I've been meaning to come back and do it later, but I'm pleasantly surprised to find out that you have actually already yeah. uh, registered with it and you've used it. And so I, what's your overall take on it then? So you heard the no agenda people talking about yeah. it. You've just trialed it here on this live I think it could be a what's search your overall en- take on it? It could be a search engine killer because people like simple and it makes it seem like talking to somebody on the other end the way it spits out the text slowly as if someone was typing. Of course, it's not. Um, I think it has a huge potential. I don't necessarily trust that there's anything AI about it. It's just programming. And um, it has potential and to really disrupt the search market. And anything that gets rid of big tech, I'm happy about. Uh, here, I typed in fakeologist.com. Is this not, uh, is not, is this not big tech, though? Like, open AI, isn't this... Big tech. Yeah, well, it, it, I'm sure Google's just going to buy it. I think Microsoft is somewhat behind it as well. So yeah, it is a big tech. It's just another. Yes, it is big tech. But it, if it's if it's this open source AI, it means anyone could probably implement it. Just like crypto uh, could be implemented by anybody uh, if it's open source. So this is open source as well. And we know what Microsoft did with open source shareware software 35, 40 years ago. They just put it in a box and sold it, much to the chagrin of all the people that developed some of the software. So Microsoft is pretty, they just broke the whole spirit of the Internet or of software back in the day and then became what they are today. So anything that starts off open could stay open is my point. Now, I typed in fakeologist.com and it says, I'm not familiar with the website fakeologist.com. A quick online search suggests that it may be a website that is focused on discussing conspiracy theories and questioning the veracity of mainstream news and information. It's worth noting that the information found on these type of websites may not be factually accurate 
and should be taken with a grain of salt. There you go, Frank. It's always important to fact check information and get multiple perspectives before forming an opinion. <laughs> so, oh man, these guys never end. And then on 9-11, it said the official story. And then it says, it's important to be aware that conspiracy theories can be dangerous and can lead to misinformation and mistrust in institutions and experts. They can also cause pain and further harm to the victims and their families. Wow. Yeah. So there's some chat GPT discussion. But I think it's it's got a long way to go. But it could it could hurt. Google, and that's fine with me. And John has his signal has gone to zero out of ten. No wonder you're so quiet, John. Oh, now you got a few bars now. No, I'm back. I'm sorry. My um, my radio has having problems. Is my voice coming through okay? Yeah, you just went to three bars. <laughs> Shall we look at... Would you like to discuss your fakeologist page on johnlebon.com? Yeah, I want to discuss that. That was the reason I wanted to come back. Actually, before we get to that, if I can put something out there that can tie some of these topics together. By the way, according to Wikipedia, OpenAI was founded by Elon Musk and a few others. Oh, right. And then received funding from Microsoft later. So I don't think they're really separate from big tech in any way. And, of course, all of the Internet, where does it really go back to? If you trace back to where the Internet came from, it all seems to go to what you might call the military-industrial complex. So I don't think any of this is escaping the so-called government or military. It's all part of the same thing. Anyway, so I wanted to say while Harmon was still on the call, because he was talking about some of these you know, coincidences that we got onto with the, the moon landings, what have you. Do you know the day, you know how Rollo's a big fan of Doctor Who, right? Yeah. Shout out to Rollo down there in, um, where is he? Not Port Macquarie, that's Rick. Uh, Rollo's in Newcastle. Right. Shout out to Rollo in Newcastle, who's out there. You know, he's one of his favorite shows is Doctor Who, right? He loves it. Big Doctor Who fan. Do you know when the first episode of Doctor Who, the first episode of the first season went to air? 9-11? Per chance. Mm, no, it started in the 60s. It's the first, the first series is uh, many years old now. The first episode, in fact, I'll give you a hint, Ab. The first episode was in 1963. It went yeah, to air. 11-22. Yeah, 11-22. Very close. 11-23. Oh, the day, the day after. after. Yeah, okay. Okay. Mm, the day after. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Let me just go to my little tab that I've got open here. If you go through the list of Doctor Who, who episodes, there's one episode that specifically deals with an assassination and it's called The Assassin. And it was episode number 88. Okay. Yeah. That's which magic some numbers. Some people don't like the numbers. Some people don't like the numbers, which I understand, but those are Chinese magic does numbers. Look well, yeah, the Chinese love eight, but also yeah. an eight is an infinity just turned 90 degrees, isn't it? Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Think, yeah. What's an infinity sign? You know, the infinite infinity. So 88 people can ignore that if they want. Anyway, so this episode went to air in November 76. So quite some years later, it's called the assassin. And in this episode, there is a plot to kill the president. An assassin wants to kill the president of the time lords. And so doctor who realizes that they live in a matrix or that the premonition of the assassination came through the matrix. And I'll see if I can find the clip. Maybe you can play it later, but there's a key scene where Dr. Who, the original Dr. Who, uh, this is the early days Dr. Who anyway, where he says, hold on, we're in a matrix here. So a show that first began the day after the JFK assassination, their episode that dealt with an assassination features 
Doctor Who discovering that they are, in fact, within a matrix, which to some people, Ab, could all be just a coincidence, which I respect that. That's a fair framework. But when we talk about this open AI and computers that seem to know more about things than some humans do and they seem to know more about humans themselves, like the the time that we spend on these computers, they seem to be able to develop, you know, what do you call them, virtual IDs or virtual copies, whatever. If you didn't know, yeah. Betty, you'd almost think maybe this is the Matrix revealing itself to us, Ab, mm. without getting too uh, esoteric, because I know you're not really into this kind of stuff, but maybe some of the listeners are. If you didn't know, Betty, you'd think maybe there's... Maybe there's a reason why this weird stuff happens, and it's not necessarily humans conspiring to do it. It's something bigger than the humans or the government or the Club of Rome or the Jesuits, something bigger than them sort of revealing itself. Mm. I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy. It's a little far out I think about these things sometimes. <laughs> well, John LeBond, you have quite a draw because you've got 19 people on FacoTube right now, so you've... Uh, oh, <laughs> so Definitely you have a name out there and you've been very, very successful. And, uh, just in case I forget, I want to thank you because you do promote fakeologists more than just about anybody else. I want to say, I thanks. say more than anybody else apart from you, Ab. In fact, I wrote those exact words. I have promoted fakeologist.com more than anybody with the obvious exception of Ab the fakeologist. Okay. And I'm happy that I've done that. I'll give and you, you know, that. We've been talking now. We've known each other online since 2015. That's so crazy. It's been over seven years now. It is crazy. And I think I heard you or saw you on your Australian news show. I think that's where I first became aware of you, perhaps. Or maybe I found you through Flat Earth and then, then I found you on your Australian show, which I think you did concurrently with your. Well, baby. the way that I found Fakeologist was because I heard Rollo talking about the Australian Roundtable podcast, mm-hmm. and somehow, I wish I could go back and find, I pinpoint exactly how it all happened, but it was Rollo, and then he was, he became a regular viewer of ours, and then you, so I started listening to your work, and at the time I had no idea who you were, and I actually thought you were a lot younger when I found out that you were, at that time I think you must have been around 50, your late 40s or 50 or something. Yeah. For some reason I thought you were younger than that, and then I heard you call into Mark Sargent, you were the first person yes. back in the days of the Flat Earth Clues Part 1. Back yeah. then he left a phone number and maybe an email as well, and you just called him, yeah. he answered, and you started talking about Flat Earth. This is 2015, I want to say yeah. around March, April 2015. Yes. And then around that time we found each other's work, and then you invited me onto a Mark Sargent, like a fakeologist Mark Sargent roundtable. The next right. thing I knew, I was thrown into the deep end. Okay, I don't remember that part. That's interesting. That's cool. Yeah, I was just trying playing with my technology and I had my Skype working and I was recording it and I just called because I was recording at the same time to see what would happen. So um, I didn't have any great profound interest in the whole subject of Flat Earth, but it, it, it certainly took off from there. That was a big part of the Internet. Well, I've got it here. It was Aberrado Radio. You used to, you used to call it Aberrado Radio. This was episode number 129, March 22. Now that's a conspicuous date. What day 22 was it? March 2015 was the Fakeologist Roundtable. Oh, and nice. then what I did was I took your audio and then turned it into a video that I uploaded to YouTube. Mm. So I put, um, different images and like different banners from Fakeologist. So I basically took, so from the very first time that we first spoke, I've been trying to promote Fakeologist.com from the very first online meeting some eight almost eight years ago now in two months will be eight years phenomenal that's, that's beautiful 
And that's one of the reasons yeah. why, and we were going to talk about this earlier, that I wanted you among very few others to use FacoTube and really test it out, beat it up, see if you can make it crack and uh, make use of it because it's, I would say it's been a success mainly because people are donating to keep it going. It costs well over 200 US a month. So most of my donations go towards that. And that is a real expense, but I'm happy to do it because I really, really enjoy it. And I don't trust any of the other platforms to stay up for more than a couple of years. Even Odyssey has really taken off. I really enjoy Odyssey, but I just think they could be set up to fail too for the future. So that's why I started FacoTube. So yeah, that's why I extend my offer to you to, to make use of FacoTube. Well, I think I will. So tonight I had my pilot episode where I, my plan is once a week uh -huh. to do a review of the Conspiracy No Pulse subreddit. Oh, because nice. as you know, I've got a subreddit that I founded three years ago. Uh -huh. And now it's up to about 60,000 subscribers. That's amazing. But That's amazing. It is, but that number is deceptive because the number of active users, it peaks during the US um, early afternoon and evening and it gets between 100 and 200 people online most days. So the 60,000 is a bit deceptive, but it is a decent audience to be. It's worth anyone's time who's interested in this stuff to go and read the threads. If you want to promote your own YouTube or your own uh, podcast or whatever, it's a great place to go and do that. And so what I'm going to do net from now on once a week is do a weekly review show where I f just find one or two threads that I like and just read a bunch of comments and try and encourage more discussion. So I did that on YouTube earlier tonight. I nice. might, I'll, I'll play around with this idea, but I might, if you're amenable to it, make that a fakeologist show. I love it. It's like a cross promotion between I love your it. audience and the I love it. I love it. I love it. And the audience. And you, you have done many successful promotions of my website on your Reddit, no poll. And it does create quite a little burst of activity on my site. So it does work. So yeah, any cross pollination, I'm super excited and, and happy about. So that would be fantastic. I would even listen to that show because I just, it's your, the Reddit no polls just, I, Reddit's just not a place that I go to. I know about it. I know you created it. It's just, you know, it's so hard to add a whole new section of the internet to give energy to because you could probably get lost in it. And look, you've got stuff on chat GPT. You got all kinds of stuff that I'm really interested in on, on this thing, on this platform that well, is owned by. Well, that's the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty of it because obviously I post threads there regularly. I'm probably the most, the, like the biggest contributor of new threads to get conversation going. But there are other people from all over the world, many of whom have no affiliation with me or with you or like God knows where these people come from. They start their own threads on all kinds of topics. And some topics only get two or three replies. Some get hundreds. Most are somewhere in between. And so I posted something today about, I just wanted to start a thread saying, what's your opinion of Godlike Productions? And as you can see on your screen there, I only posted that maybe, what, five hours ago? And it's already got 16 replies. When I wake up tomorrow morning, that could be 50 replies. It could be 100. And so it's just conversation. It's organic. As far as we, it could be chat GPT. We don't know. But so far as we know, it's organic conversation among people who are at least somewhat interested in so-called conspiracy theories. And so I'm very happy with how it's grown over the last three years. I'm hopeful it'll keep growing to 100,000 subscribers and 500 active users. And we tend to get bumps whenever there's an election. Every two years, America has one of these elections. Whenever that happens, the main conspiracy subreddit, which has like 1.7 million subs, so it's many times, it's an order of magnitude bigger than the no poll. 
But every election, the front page of their subreddit just gets filled with blue versus red, Democrats versus Republicans nonsense, and a lot of people are sick of it. And so that's a perfect time for me to, to, to go to their subreddit and say, hey, guys, if you're sick of this nonsense, you know there's another subreddit that doesn't have that crap, and then we get a big spike. So so long as they don't take down our subreddit, which they can at any time, of course, it's their platform, you can't complain, blah, blah, blah. But so long as that doesn't happen, every two years there's going to be another spike in uh, people visiting that subreddit. So, yeah, I'm not going to belabor the point, but anybody who's listening to this or watching this stream right now or sometime in the future, it's worth, even, no matter what you think about Reddit, Reddit is a strange place where there's all these small little farms in the bigger Reddit space, and some of those places are very different to others. So if you have heard bad things about Reddit or you've had bad experiences with it, I totally get it. Most of it is trash. But Conspiracy Nopal is very different. So I strongly recommend you check it out. And I have linked to it. I have show notes here, old-fashioned show notes. This is FAK663 with John LeBon. That dulcet tone you're hearing is John the Bond, and I will put a link to that. That's show note number three. So one of the things that I wish other podcasters would do is just give links and number them because sometimes the links don't look like the web page. So this is show note number three if you want to go to the Reddit. So. Definitely worth checking out. So obviously we're sort of an hour and 20 minutes into the show. If you want to just quickly review the Fakeologist page that I put together... I would love to get your take on it because I am what you might call a fakeologist super fan. I know. But I'm not crazy. Like I don't run your site. You and I are separate people. We've got different yep. opinions. We've got very different lives. Yeah. And we've got different um, takes on what I call the act realm, the alternative conspiracy truth realm. You and I have different takes on the people here and why they're here and what have you. So my review that I've put together, this page I first started in 2016 and then I updated it sporadically. I hadn't updated it for three years until yesterday. So I spent the last two days updating it, adding new sections. This is my honest appraisal of what Fakeologist, the platform, not you as a person, the Fakeologist platform and the community, what it is, the benefits of it, potential downsides of it, some major events. This is my honest take. So it's 4,000 words. Wow. There's no way we could review the whole thing today. But if you would uh, indulge me uh-huh. and just review one or two sections, I would love to get your take to see okay. if you agree or disagree or what have you. What is Fakeologist? That's point number one. Fakeologist is a small community. Yes, it's still small. We have a Discord server, comment section of the blog, integrated web forum. Yes. Um, one or two new posts a day. That sounds correct. Right. About a recent media story. Promote a new podcast. Yep. Yeah, that's very good. And I, I am in Toronto, so I do tend to be biased towards Canadian stories, even though Canadians are not really good fakeologists compared to, say, Australians, which were bigger in geography and a population, not by much, of Australia, but Australians are way kicking, punching way above their weight when it comes to conspiracy stuff. So Canada is not a great place to be a conspiracy theorist or conspiracy broadcaster or Conspiratainment, so I don't really look at Canada as a great audience. I just live here. Well, that's an interesting thing. So I, I do put a, more Canadian stories because again, I'm here. I'm not, I'm not going to put really talk about California stuff, even though it's way more active than say here and they get better psyops. I know there's been three events in California in the last few days, but I haven't even looked at even one of them for five seconds because I'm just not there and I just, you just can't keep up. 
Well, there you go. That's um, since April 27th, much of the site's activity is being centered upon its Discord server. Yeah, you know, and I was on a, we used TeamSpeak at the beginning, and it's more, it's very unfriendly to the average user, including the average administrator. So I didn't really put much energy into it. It didn't attract a lot of attention because it it took a few extra steps to get configured. But once I saw Discord, uh, once it was recommended to me by the wonderful American in Korea called O'Hallahan, I looked into it right away and I just started using it. And people were attracted to its ease of use and it became pretty active. And because of you and your use of it, I then used Discord for your server. I enjoyed it. Then I started using it. So previously, I used Skype for yeah. my member calls. So me and then one, two, three, four, five people would join a member call. I would record that on my computer, and then I would edit it and publish it. Because of your Discord, I created the Discord. At first, a little bit tentatively, because I could see it'd be easy for people to get addicted and what have you. But over time, the my Discord became like there's more and more channels, more and more people joined it. Then that bot came along, which I learned about from you as well, that Craig bot. And it is so much easier to edit podcasts because Craig bot records multi-track. Yeah. So now I could mute a certain track or I could boost a certain, like it's chalk and cheese editing these things. So I've been using Discord since 2017 because you started using it. And okay. then you mentioned you started using it because of O'Hallahan. Yeah. So he he told it me about I, it. If, if an idea is good or if yeah. a platform is good, people can see that, they adopt it. Yeah. And that's what Discord has been. Which is one of the reasons why I'm a little bit disappointed that the Fakeologist Discord has gone um, sleepy recently. It's a little dormant. It's, it's gone sleepy. It's a little dormant. By the way, Harmon in the live stream chat has said that he got cut off during this call. So he doesn't know who this JLB guy is, but JLB must be important. Can I just say, Harmon, I appreciated the call in and I didn't cut you off. And so, um, please forgive me for that. And I'm, ha- I'm happy for Ad to take calls, but if I, it's Ad's show. So if he wants to take a short call, then move on. Yeah, uh, yeah, Harmon. No, no disrespect, but I just I I don't mind taking calls, but I I just really wanted to focus on JLB tonight. And actually, we had a caller in or sort of on reserve, but uh, I had to actively conference him in. Whereas the phone lines, I just leave open and people call. But no disrespect, but I really wanted to concentrate. And give John the Bond as much airtime as possible because it's late for him. And sometimes conferencing, having a conference call, we can go in other directions that I'm not really, don't really want to go in at the time. But yeah, you can call in any time. But it, when it comes to calling in, typically a talk show just takes a question and then the caller goes. But I know you're a special caller in her because. You made a nice donation just for this show, which is crazy nice. But uh, I did want to give John the Bond as much airtime as possible because he doesn't um, call in all that or come come by all that much. Although I would, I'd be well, I'd be willing to do a regular call with John the Bond at least once a month. I was doing many people once a month, and uh, even that was a lot to do just because I. <laughs> that's one day a month, so. But if, if well, I. You know the show that I miss. Last year was awesome when you had the Marcus Allen show. Marcus Allen. He's Thiago, great. Before the revelations came out. Frank yeah. the Salt Guy and Ab. The four of you worked so well. But was that a was show. a very busy show too, because it's almost too many voices. Again, it's just really 
hard to get a word in edgewise. I never felt like it was too busy. It was mostly Marcus and you, and then Frank would chime in occasionally. Tiago, generally, he wouldn't even butt in. You guys have to throw to him. I thought the four of you, because you know, generally four people aren't all going to have as much to say as each other. Or they yeah. won't all have the same energy on a call. The way that you and Marcus bounced each off each other, and Frank and Tiago sort of played a second fiddle, but they were there when you needed them. The four of you, it's great. It was a, a really big shame what happened because Boogeyman came along and then <laughs> revealed a few things about Marcus Allen. Well, so I, Marcus Allen skedaddled. And then yeah, when uh, Velocet revealed a few things about Tiago, he skedaddled. And then next thing is just you and Frank. So I still <laughs> listen to you and Frank with your audio chats. Well, thank you. But it's not the same. It's not the same. I can't speak for any of the other guests other than myself, and I don't really know exactly. I don't definitely don't know where Tiago went. He won't respond. Marcus said he just didn't like a few comments by different people, not necessarily um, Boogeyman. So he decided that was enough, and he moved on. And he's definitely always got an open invitation on my show for sure, absolutely, like you do. You. No hard feelings. Just I really don't have any hard feelings to almost everyone that comes and goes. Uh, almost everyone. I won't name any other names as long as they're uh, respectful. And uh, the, you don't even have to give a reason why you leave. It's okay with me, but it would be nice to know if you're not coming back or or don't want me to bother contacting you anymore. But all those guys, for sure, uh, they're all welcome back. And uh, I... But it's really hard to get four people to show up at the same time on a regular basis. It's just not easy. So it's easy for me to show up when I feel like it to get a guest on. It's usually pretty easy. But uh, when you get f- to get four people, wow, that was an accomplishment. And I always was amazed that people all showed up at the Those same time. Times, man. I used to wake up in the morning, download the latest Marcus Allen show and then go for my daily walk to the local park to do my exercises. And yeah, that was a highlight. That was a good show. Oh, nice. Obviously, but you're a super fan. You would say so. <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a super fan and it's legitimate. And I used to enjoy those shows. And the thing is, so you and I probably agree on a lot, especially media fakery. We agree, but I'm off with my sync stuff and my esoteric stuff. You're not into that. Marcus Allen says a lot of stuff that I think is very intelligent and insightful. He says some stuff that is just completely ridiculous. But I still enjoy listening to him. Frank and I have had our issues in the past, but I still enjoy listening to him. Yeah. And then Tiago, pre the revelations, I always found him insightful as well. So, like, I can listen to those shows. It's not like I'm spending the whole hour or two thinking, yep, they're corrected. No, a lot of the time I'm like, well, that's crap, but I still enjoy it. It was a good show. Well, and even if Fakeologist is a hate listen, I do, I do approve of hate listens. And I have a hate listen that I listen to, uh, just a regular Normie podcast. Yeah, yeah, I still listen to them because Humble is, a, is, is definitely a very talented broadcaster because he's been doing it his entire life. So you'd hope he'd be pretty good. And he's done thousands and thousands of shows. And, but I don't agree with, I hardly agree with anything he says. <laughs> so I call that a hate listen. And he's banned me from contacting him. And all I would ask is just call out his hypocrisy and then he just doesn't accept criticism and neither does his producer. So that's it just okay. occurred to me. It's probably been the best part of five years since you were on their show. Yeah. Can you believe that? I know. So it's a lot crazy. of your listeners these days wouldn't even be familiar with that. For those of you who don't know, here at the Fakeologist here went into a studio for this supposed hey, what do they call it? Satellite radio. I don't really believe in satellites or whatever. But no, they were on satellite. Some yeah. syndicated show. Yeah, they were on a podcast. And then Ab goes yeah. in there, 
Ab goes in there because he used to tweet them or somehow message them. Yeah, he got their yeah. attention. So they decided to get Ab into the studio yeah. for an episode to talk about, of all topics, Ab, what was the topic that you ended up talking about? Well, it was supposed to be about 9-11 because Howard, Humble Howard, talked about 9-11 a few times. He says he was a conspiracy dabbler. He dabbled in it. But at that time, I was starting to get into EGI, Elite Gender Inversion. That was my interest at the time. That's when it started. So that was at the top of my mind. So I knew that it would provoke. Now, I wasn't trying to provoke them. It was just, again, at the top of my mind, just like today, um, something else is at the top of my mind from what I listened to. Say I was listening to Tim Truth, for instance, and I posted a couple clips from his show tonight on Fakotube.com. But they picked up on EGI and they just ran this with is a it. Elite gender inversion, in other it, words, transvestigations. This yeah. is a sophisticated way of saying transvestigations. Yeah. And they just wanted to ridicule me right out the door with that. And it didn't bother me because I didn't invent it. It's not my idea. It's just what I was looking into. And they just went ape shit on that topic. And it was uh it was kind of embarrassing for I them. I'm asking you about Wayne Gretzky. Because in Canada, Wayne yeah. Gretzky is like a legend. He's yeah, one absolutely. of the of the country. Yes. Well, I don't remember what you said to them. Did you say that Wayne Gretzky was I thought Yes, I think I did say so. No, I don't because just like Tiger Woods. Now being a transvestite may not be the right description of Wayne Gretzky, but there is something odd off about certain sports figures, and there there's some kind of poss- possible engineering if it isn't just some basic transvestite. Now, I don't think um, necessarily, but for some reason, I may have seen a video on that topic. So, again, it was at the top of my mind. It wasn't really my theory. It was just something I just probably heard the day before and just threw it out there because obviously I know they know who Wayne Gretzky is and uh, but it was more just as a um, off the cuff remark but they just took that one and ran with it ran that ran, tried to run that one right into the ground but truth be told this was around about the time for context for the listeners this was around about the time when you were interviewing John Humanity I don't know if he's still a thing but back then he was a big deal in the yeah. transvestigation game and also, I think that was when you first started mixing with Mr. E3000 as well. But you're still chatting with occasionally to this day. And I will, I will be honest, I didn't download your latest chat with Mr. E oh. because I didn't want to listen to transvestigation stuff. But if you did a two hour chat with him about everything except transvestigations, I will listen because he's intelligent, insightful, well spoken. Oh, he's I very love witty, Mr. E. very witty guy. Very good. Oh, he's humor. so good. I just can't. I just can't listen to any more of his transvestigation and stuff. And that's okay. That's, that's the, that's the, the beauty thing. of it. Cause you like it. You don't like it rather, but so many people like my chats with mystery. I enjoy my chats with mystery. I enjoy my chats. I do enjoy with- the chats as well. Just not yeah. the transvestigation stuff. But Never. I think he's so. And bang I know some on. people who've really gone off the deep end with the transvestigation stuff yeah. to the point where, I mean, these, some of these people are, are, are very intelligent. Mm-hmm. These are not crazy people. These are not like, there's nothing wrong with them. As far as I can tell, they just have become fixated on this transvestic, uh, transvestigation stuff. And it reminds me of some of the flat earth people back in 2015. Cause back in 2015, 16, there were people like me and I think people like you and some of the people who were here at fake college at the time, we could investigate. Well, what is the official story? How do we know we live on a spinning ball? Since when has that been the official narrative, et cetera? We could find it interesting without becoming 
Like it didn't take over our lives, yeah? But I saw some people where they couldn't discuss anything without bringing it back to the flat earth. It, it really became, I don't know the word for it, but it was like an obsession. And I see the same thing with the transvestigation stuff. And I've noticed this for a few years now. I've been saying this for a few years now, where it's like they don't just become interested in the topic. It becomes every person, even in real life, they deal with, they're looking for markers. And it's like, man, come on. You're going to live the rest of your life trying to work out if every woman you speak to or every man you speak to was born that way. Like, there's something about this that just doesn't sit right with me, Ann, and I'm just, I'm just mm. sort of sick of it. Just a personal thing. No offense to you or some of the listeners. No, I don't mind. I'm so over it, dude. Well, it's cool. I'm not over it yet. I still think it's extremely relevant. And I probably wouldn't be thinking about it, John, if it wasn't for the fact that the media talks about trans trans every single day. Every single day it's in our face in one way or the other. Um, the way they portray it, I think, is misdirection. And I think it's really sick. And I think it's really harmful to children. The way they pump it up and promote it, I think it's disgusting. I, it's a real thing that's happening. I talked to a guy I trust at work. His wife works in a hospital as a surgical technician. And she says it is happening. They are doing trans surgeries where she was in Miami. And the hospitals, they're making half a million bucks at a time when they do these crazy, disgusting surgeries. So it's happening. So therefore, I'm interested from that angle as well. I'm in interested in the deceit part of it because we're all about learning about different people or institutions deceiving us. That's my main thing. And we all are aware of the people that are called celebrities and everyone can give an opinion on most of them because almost everyone knows of them. And when Mr. E takes a, a peek at them and dis discusses them, it's, uh, it's easy to uh, see his point. So I think more people like talking about all this kind of stuff with Mr. E then don't like oh, he's it. Exactly what he does. I'm not trying to take anything away from what he does. I I'm know, but you're, you're sick of it. The same as I got sick of Flat Earth, man. That ball is skipped the round table back yeah. in 2015. Our numbers were going up. Our viewers were going up. Our subscribers were going up. People loved it. After 12 episodes, I'm like, boys, I'm done. And my two co-hosts at the time, they were both keen to keep going. And I had to say to them, look, boys, we might come back and I might <laughs> come back and have a second season. I just need a break from this stuff. Whereas deep down, I knew chances were I wasn't coming back. How many Flat Earthers do I need to interview? How many questions do I need to ask? How many books do I need to read? Because I was reading books at the time as well. I wasn't just some cursory research. I was trying to get to the bottom of this. At what point? Do I, you know what? Enough's enough. And that's how I feel about Flat Earth in 2015, 16. That's how I feel about no. the transvestigation stuff. Well, Mr. Anyway, e, we need to press on because time. Yeah. No, I, I just want to say one more thing about Mr. No, I know. Attention spans aren't what they used to be. I want to say one more thing. It looks like the last time I when did I I talked to Mr. E two days ago. So. Mystery will probably be back on in another week because I do, uh, I'm one of his patrons on Patreon and I do, not that that gives me exclusive access to him, but I told him I like to have him back once a month because he does talk about other things. He talked about the DeMar Buffalo Bill story. He talks about the vaccine and the plague because it's really screwed him over for his job. He lives in a, um, very interesting part of the world, Thailand. I think John LeBon, you've been there. He talks about the demons that rule over us. Mr. E is very, very 
diverse and he gets everything that we talk about a fakeologist. So he is a nat, for me, he's a natural fit, um, for this channel. So Mr. E, I put him as show note number four. He has a great Odyssey channel. I told him probably put more of his stuff on Odyssey because I can pull all Odyssey channels onto my phone automatically. All you do is you go to the main page, whoever you want to subscribe, click the three dots, copy UR, copy RSS URL, and that'll bring it right into your phone and all the content as much as you want will download directly in your phone. And then you can just watch it without buffering and all the other vagaries of mobile data uh, at your leisure. And uh, I bring it into Podcast Addict, which is the number one Android podcast player. And um, that's another great, great app that I use every single day. And it tells me I've... Do you list- notice how many followers he has on Odyssey? How many followers does Mr. E have right now as we speak? Uh, let me look here. Uh, 11.30. 11.30. So some interesting numbers. 1,130. There's your 113. The numbers, man, I'm telling you, there's something to this. You know, <laughs> yeah. it sounds crazy. I know yeah, and his like latest video has 1.1K views. He doesn't have a ton of views. I don't think a lot of people have found him on Odyssey. I think most of his... Yeah, 1.1K yeah. views 19 days ago. There's an 11 and a 19. I know. Is, that's why a lot of the people who go on about, ooh, it's predictive programming, whatever, I'm like, it's not just the so-called controllers who do this. Oh, look at this. 11.22 views on his last uh, video on BitChute. He's mainly on BitChute. He's 5,000... Subscribers, but um, BitChute has issues. I think Odyssey is a little more robust. Yeah, eleven twenty two on his most recent video on BitChute. Eleven twenty two. We were talking about twenty two eleven sixty three just a moment ago, yeah. and this is episode six six three of Fakeologist. I know. I'm telling you, the numbers are everywhere. It's not just in the movies and the, the politicians. Like the numbers are everywhere. But and miss- if you didn't know better, yeah. you'd think maybe we were living in some kind of, to use Doctor Who's terminology, matrix. If you didn't know better. All right. The only other guy that talks like that is the dollar vigilante. He keeps saying we live in a 3D video game. Uh, I'm not buying it. I live, I, I know where I live. I know it's not a video game. I know that that's where. How do you know that? Right. I, that's just my, this all my senses point to reality. But, um, I know they're trying to bring us well, into you know a matrix. Cypher says in the matrix, he says, I know that this stake isn't real. Yeah. I know it's just a matrix sending virtual signals to my brain, but when I eat it, mm, it's nice and juicy. It's, this is the paraphrasing of what Cypher says in that key scene in The Matrix. How would we really know? I don't know that know? movie as anyway, well as we need to, we need to press on with this. By oh. the way, you're a Patreon of uh, Mr. E. I am. I'm thinking of rebooting my Bonversations series, which was very popular when I was publishing those calls. You were a guest on Bonversations, actually, fakeologist, you might recall. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind interviewing Mr. E. I'd say to him ahead of time, listen, bro, are you cool to talk about Maybe the trans stuff, uh, maybe half an hour, and then the rest of the call. Let's let's just dive into the good stuff elsewhere. And I'm sure he'd be cool with it. I yes. have to contact him because I do like him. I want to make this clear. I like the guy. I like listening to the guy. Well, I just you... can't listen to anybody, even him, on this trans stuff anymore. I've had enough of it. So time <laughs> is getting away from us. So this fakeologist review page. Yeah, we only what do you think about where I wrote in section two. If you go to section two, who runs the operation? Do you think this is a fair summary of have the fakeologist? The man, the myth, the legend. Yes, Tim uh, that's my name. Yes, that's my Christian name. Uh, do you want me to read it? I'm middle aged, uh, in my mid fifties. Yes, I'm in my coming up to fifty six, which really uh, I don't like talking about because it really disturbs me. Um, don't I don't drive across the country. 
I I drive around Toronto. That's it. I listen to tons mm-hmm. of okay, podcasts. Sir. Um, I do have a wife and children. Uh, the wife is probably she claims she's a better fakeologist than I am. She says I get fooled all the time, and um, the children are aware of it. And um, well, actually, this section when I first wrote it, this is before one of your daughters joined uh, you for a couple of those calls. Which, by the way, when you had the daughter on the calls, they were terrific, especially when Marcus had his son on the call as well. So it was you and Marcus, and then his son and your daughter, and the four of you yeah. just having a chat about things. That was some of the best fakeologist audio of all time. Oh, thank you, John. So that section, I need to up, I need to update that section because and Marcus can have his the daughters are disinterested son back on. And too. one of them's actually been on fakeologist a couple of times, so I have to. Well, they weren't really speaking as fakeologists per se when they were on the broadcast. They were just talking well, about what it was, it's like to it was live with one. That she had been a little bit influenced by you. It was well, of course. I just keep talking about this, and I have to be told to shut up. So they get it whether they want it or not, and then they turn me off like a like a bad radio show. Okay, twenty ten. Ab first awoke to the lie system in it, early two thousand. Yeah, in twenty twelve, April twenty twelve. Mm-hmm. I remember. I remember where I was, and uh, I remember one of the first guys I talked to died of cancer. <laughs> so uh, two years later, and he was sort of my first guy. I was testing this stuff out on because you have to tell somebody when you find out about nine eleven. You, you have to pick anyone. So I just picked the guy that I was uh, working with, and the poor bastard. Um, actually, he was in the health, and he died of cancer. Well, he died of the treatment, which is super sad. Felt really bad about it because he's a super nice guy. He was my age too. There were so many uh, similarities that it really disturbed me. Actually, so that was interesting. That's so that was in 2012, April 2012. Yeah, and I promoted September Clues because I figured that was the main. This guy figured it out. Like you can look all around the place, the World Wide Web. The and and I listened to a lot of stuff, but. The one that made the most sense was September Clues. Not necessarily the movie, but the forum, because all those guys filled in all the blanks. And I have not changed my position in, what is it, 11 years. Yeah, for sure. So that is all accurate. But you haven't chatted with Simon Shack for some time now. It's been a little, maybe you had one chat with him last year. I don't know yeah. if I listened to that one, but yeah. generally speaking, the the volume of Fakeologist Simon Shack conversations is lesser now than it was in the past, I think. Well, he's obsessed with Tycho's. You know how I get obsessed with different topics. He is Tycho's all day long, all the time. And yeah, for those, because yeah. I want to repost this for JohnLeBond.com and on Podbean. So the people who listen to this who won't have a little context, this Simon Shack guy did brilliant work, in my opinion, with the September Clues showing that what we were shown on that day, there was no plane going to buildings. It was all fake. Excellent work, in my opinion, not without flaws, but for what it was at the time, and still to this day, stands up, I think, very well. He then, a few years ago, got into, he started creating his own cosmological model. So it wasn't flat Earth, it wasn't spinning ball Earth. And I respect anyone who comes up with their own model. It's totally cool. The issue is his model still ends up with the Earth moving through space, which to me is bizarre. And from what I can tell, this may have had some role to play in Simon Shack and Hoy Ploy. They're not enemies or anything, but they seem to have gone separate ways, whereas they used to be very close. I suspect the whole Tychos thing had something to do with that. So this, to me, is actually a very amazing story. Let's say that Simon Shack is a real person, which I'm happy to take on face value. Some people question that. I'm happy to take it on face value because some people question if I'm a real person. So I know what it's like when people have never met you. They just assume you're some agent or group effort or whatever. 
let's say that Simon Shack's a real person. He lives in Italy. He's from Sweden or Norway, whatever the case is. He releases the September Clues back in 2000, I want to say seven or eight or something. He builds up a following. He builds his own forum. A lot of people are big fans of what he's done because he has exposed. Why don't you see it? It's so obvious, but you need someone to come along and sort of help you see it. But then in 2015, when Flat Earth gets big, he accuses all of us, including me, of being paid agents, which is ridiculous, bans me from his forum. And then a few years after that, he releases his own model, which still depends on space, which he of all people should be smart enough to realize doesn't exist. Then it leads to what appears to be a fracture between him and his closest associate, Hoi Polloi. And then he seems to lose almost all of his following, at least in part due to his crazy cosmological model. This is an amazing story, isn't it, Ab? If it's all real, which I believe it is. This is an amazing story of a man who came along, was a pioneer, did amazing work, built up a following, and then seems to have flushed it all down the toilet. It's absolutely amazing to me. And almost no one seems to talk about it or even know about it. In fact, there's probably more people who know about John the Bond these days than Simon Shack, which is incredible. He was here before me. He did amazing work before me. I'm just, I'm just looking, I just looked you up on Clues Forum. I I sort of forgot about that. Yeah, you, um, your name comes up a couple times here on, uh, well, they started accusing me of being a, you know what I was doing? I was interviewing the flat earthers. I made it clear multiple times across all the episodes. I'm not a flat earther. Here's my problems with the flat earth model. And the thing is, if you want to interview some of these flat earthers, you, you, like interviewing people, organizing guests, being a good interviewer, you don't just get on the call and start berating someone with the potential problems of their ideas. You let them express themselves and then you ask them questions in the hope that if there is a problem, you can discuss it cordially. There's a certain art form to this and I was doing that through the whole series, but I never claimed to be a flat earther. I never said I believe in flat earth. What I was actually doing was asking these flat earthers some questions about some of the biggest problems with their theories. So anybody with ears to hear would have been able to identify, yeah, the spinning ball earth doesn't work, but neither does these people's models. These people, they're talking nonsense. And people, a lot of people didn't appreciate what I was doing, and Simon Shack and his people should have appreciated what I was doing. Instead, they accused me of being a, a paid shill or this or that. And don't get me wrong, I'm in Europe now. If I got a phone call tomorrow and it's Simon Shack saying, hey, I happen to be in Plovdiv, want to get a coffee... 100%, man. Like, in a sense, it's all water under a bridge. So I've, I don't hold any animosity towards these people. But as we look back now, seven or eight years on, at what happens back then, a lot of, a lot of dumb shit was done and said, and it didn't need to be. And I think this whole scene would be a lot better off if more people could get rid of this ridiculous notion that, ooh, we're so important that the government sends paid shields. Give me a break. Give me a break. No one here is that important. Yeah. The whole paid shills meme, which I believe, by the way, and I wish Marcus was here to talk about this, according to my research, and I am a truth historian, I don't just have my own research, I like to research other people's research, and I like to document it, put together timelines, try and work out where did certain ideas come from, who spread this idea, who do they work with, who do they propagate it. I am probably the preeminent truth historian in the world today, not just the world's leading skeptic, the preeminent truth historian, and I believe, based on my research app, which I haven't released publicly yet, but I will eventually, the whole Paige Shields meme, it wasn't started by Marcus Allen, but he did more to spread it than just about anybody else, including <laughs> on his appearance on the High Side Chats. He was a guest on the High Side Chats. I want to say, I don't have my notes in front of me right now, but I want to say 2014, thereabouts. Okay. So when the High Side Chats was still a much smaller podcast. These days, in fact, I want to get your opinion on something in just a moment, but these days, Greg Carr with the High Side Chats, it is 
by the standards of our scene or, or the broader conspiracy scene, very successful, very popular. Greg's done very well for himself and he deserves every cent that he makes with the effort he's put in. But back in 1314, he still, his platform wasn't so big. And Marcus Allen went on there. It was yeah. big enough though to have an impression. Marcus Allen goes on there and says, among other things, that there are page shields everywhere. I think he said, he might have said 99% of people you see in the truth, like, you know, producing content in the truth scene are page shields. Something like that. I don't have the notes in front of me, so don't misquote me on this and don't misattribute this to me, but it was words to that effect. So, of course, the people listening to this podcast, I don't really care, but to anyone who took any of what he said seriously, of course they're going to start believing in patriots. Marcus even told a story. This was on the high side chats, guys. This is not me making this up. You can go and find this on the high side chats to this day. Marcus started telling stories about how he'd be sitting at a diner to go and eat his lunch or his dinner or something like this, I suppose, and there would be spooks sent to come and spy on him in there. So I'm not trying to say that Marcus Allen is the only person or even the most responsible person for all of this necessarily, but I think he played a significant role in spreading this mind virus. He's away from brains. martial law. He's been talking about that at least a dozen years, if not longer. <laughs> uh, and it just goes on and on. In fact, okay, this will be show note. I found it using the pre-search dynamite search engine instantly found it. And this will be show note number yeah, so six. So for listeners, what Ab's just done is he's found that appearance of Marcus on a high side chat. So I said, what did I say, 2014, 13 and 14? Yep. May, May 30th, 2014. So, so that's almost nine years ago now. And you did and a, it's a terrific listen. And, and I can click. It's definitely you, you show up in the search results too. And um, it gives a link to Marcus Allen tags. So I think all these things here have Marcus Allen in them. So I'll put a show note that'll go to your site. I don't know if people can listen to any of these without, it looks like they all require a login to listen. Oh, I don't know. If well, we... the page that, hold on, the page that you're on johnlebond.com, because again, a lot of people listening to this are not watching this. So Ab has just a moment ago gone to the high side chats where Marcus Allen appeared in 2014. Yeah. Interestingly, did you notice in the title was 9-11? That was THC episode number 110, as in 110 stories of the World Trade Center. Okay. Again, the numbers, they're everywhere. Anyway, so that's what you played just a moment ago. That'll be in the show notes. Yeah. Now you're on johnlebond.com. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what search has come up, but I just did a tag. A yeah, Marcus Allen tag. So everything with Marcus on your website is on this page. Yes, it is all behind the paywall with Marcus Allen. That was by his request because okay. I was more than happy to release the first half of my. So chat nobody can said. listen to any of your content without logging in or registering. It says here, so by his request. Yeah, and okay. at the moment, at the moment, you can't register because the website's closed again. I will reopen the website to new if, members. If anyone wants one final to time get on March 11, would would they be able to get any content just directly from you if they emailed you, or no? Probably not. Probably okay. not. If they want the Marcus Allen content, because yeah. as far as I'm concerned, mm -hmm. if Marcus Allen wanted to distribute any of our calls, because I record with him, then I do the editing. It takes a long time to bring my content up to what I think is professional standard. Yeah. Because Marcus was the guest, as far as I'm concerned, he can share any of the content featuring him with whoever he wants. So maybe you can email Marcus if, if you feel that way inclined. But for me, their supporters make all of this possible. It's because of them I can do all of this. I can be the world's leading skeptic. I can be the world's preeminent truth historian. The way I see it, the people who support what I do, they get access to it. And there's a lot of content there these days. The people who don't support it don't get access. And I know a lot of people have a problem with that, and that's fair enough. Yeah, we've if had a long debates on that. If somebody, yeah. if somebody wants to dedicate eight years of their life, to research content creation and give it all away for free, 
you you go and show me how it's done, I say to those people. But for me, there's about 110 people who support what I do. They're the ones who get access to the archives of johntheball.com. And I'll tell you another thing. It's not just my chats with Marcus Allen, of which there are now four. I also have a detailed article explaining not just what I just told you a moment ago about him appearing on Highest Chats, but also his issues with Chris Kendall. May he rest in peace if he's really dead. The yeah. whole Marcus Allen, Chris Kendall, if you go back and listen to those post calls and the way that their relationship first frayed, because you might recall as the um, so, so-called pandemic became a thing, they were just patching up their relationship. Just as they were patching up their relationship, Chris Kendall disappears. I know. But if you, if you rewind a few years to how they first had a falling out, yeah. it has to do, believe this or not, shout out to Crazy Dave J there in California. With the He's wolves. in Arizona now. Yes, Dave. <laughs> shout out to Crazy Dave J in Arizona. The war hoax actually came between Chris Kendall and Marcus Allen. And Marcus Allen wasn't saying the war was a hoax. He was just, quite rightfully, because he's a very good skeptic. That's not to say that his conclusions are always right, but in terms of just questioning what we think we know, he was here before me, did great work, he inspired me with his skepticism stuff. And in fact, in that high side chat's call, he even described himself as the world's best skeptic, I think. And only years later did I listen to that. And I'm like, well, I'm the world's leading skeptic. But he'd been promoting himself in 2014 as the world's best skeptic or something like that. Very funny. Anyhow, so he was questioning some of these narratives of war and Chris Kendall didn't like it one bit. So I've got a detailed article on my website going through this and so much more. The Marcus Allen, Chris Kendall, war hoax relationship. Just from what I'm telling you right now, it probably sounds uh, trivial like it, but there can't be that much to it. I'm telling you guys, th- this whole truth scene, it's easy to get caught up in what's happening today or what someone said yesterday or an upcoming guest next week. But there is a wealth of information, interpersonal relationships, questions that were asked, research that was done. There's so much to all of this. And I've got detailed articles on these kinds of topics at johnthebond.com. You can't join right now, but in March I will reopen one final time. Make sure you're on the free JLB mailing list and I will send out an email when the time is right to let people know how to join. And it is the best place to be if you've found any of this chat tonight interesting. That's the place to be because there's me, there's about 100 other people of whom about 40 or 50 are active and we don't necessarily talk about the meta aspects of the truth scene. There's a few of us who are into that. But there's all kinds of topics that we talk about, me and people from around the world. And we don't all agree. That's the best part. Believe it or not, you can hang out with people, talk about these topics, disagree, and no one shouts. No one gets personal. It's just, okay, here's what I think. Here's why. Why do you think this, though? Oh, well, here's why. It's amazing. And when you compare that, what we have at that place to what happens in much of the rest of the so-called true scene, it's chalk and cheese. Chalk and cheese. Now, we need to get back. We need to get back to... Actually, right now, Ab has on his. I was just page flicking around videos. your website. That um, hoax hierarchy. Yeah, that I... hoax hierarchy was how I found myself on the high side chats back in 2018, and he contacted me. Greg Carwood contacted me via Reddit. That's what I'm saying. People are underutilizing Reddit. It's an amazing uh, resource, and he contacted me because he saw one of my links to the hoax hierarchy. Must have checked it out. He contacted he contacted me through a private message on uh, Reddit. And he said, do you want to come and talk about the hoax hierarchy on high side chats? And I was like, you better believe I do. And so within a few months, I was on the show. And then that led to a whole uh, spike of traffic to my website. And from there, I was off to the races. So yeah, Reddit, super underrated. So the hoax hierarchy, if people join johnthebond.com, they get access to the whole hoax hierarchy, except for one thing, Ab, the granddaddy hoax, which has not been revealed, may never be revealed. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you, because I was waiting 10 years ago for that to be revealed. So you you mean I wouldn't get that page? I've had to put in a disclaimer back when the website was open 
I had probably, I want to say three or four people who joined the website Just and then either that. quit within a few days or, or what they sent me an email saying, where's the rest of it? And I refunded all of them. I said, listen, if you've joined the website on the pretense, you can just pay 30 bucks and get the most important information in one hit. Like if you've joined this place on false pretenses, that's my fault for not explaining. That's so funny. here's your money back. That's really And funny. then I went and put a caveat there saying, if you had joining just to get the granddaddy hoax, don't bother joining. I've made it very clear because there were some people, they really believed. And back then, this is like when the site was three or four years old. So, okay, well, not as much content as there is today, but there was a lot. They thought they could just skip ahead all the steps and get the granddaddy hoax for an easy payment of $33 Australian. It doesn't work that way. It will never work that way. <laughs> yeah. Dave J says, um, John, you're welcome to release all the shows you did with him for free. They, they already are. Dave J and the War Hoax is already available for free. That's a three hour podcast. Yeah. That is one of, there's only three JLB member Discord calls and there's about a hundred member Discord or member Skype calls now collectively from 2017 through to today. So that's about four and a half years. We started the late 2017. No, five. It's five years now. 18, 19, 20. Yeah, that's more than five years of calls that we've been doing. There's only three that are available publicly. One without the fakeologist and one of them is with Dave J, Dave J and the War Hoax. And I've done a lot to promote Fakeologist.com. The only thing that I've done to promote that even comes close to Fakeologist is my Dave J call about the Warhawks. Three hour call with myself, Hando from Estonia, Mezzi from Australia, Fung from Chicago, and Dante from New York. If you ever listen to any of my podcasts or my videos, and at the end there's some guy saying, with regards to nobody died, nobody got hurt. That's from the call with Dave J. So that, that call now, the Dave J Warhawks call, is now canon. It's JLB canon. And I've promoted the hell out of that. And it's got, I think, 2000 listens, despite the fact that it's only on my private web host, not on my public web host, because my public stuff gets more views because, but that's a private one. So you have to actually go to johnlebond.com to see it. I think last I checked I had 2000 listens, which is significantly more than whatever comes second. I think my chat with human vibration might come second, but that call with Dave J, I've promoted the hell out of it. And that's where he explains because we, I said to the other people on the call before Dave J joined, like, guys, remember Dave J, he can be a little bit mm, cantankerous. Yeah. So remember, we've got to be very, we've got to walk on eggshells with him. But if we're just polite to him and treat him with respect, he's going to be a great guest and we can talk about all of his different ideas. And I, I said to him, I want to focus on the war hoax stuff. That's my favorite. But we also spoke about the history hoax. We spoke about John Bonet Ramsey, I think, because he got in the mainstream media back in the day. We spoke about his um, views on numbers and, his uh, views on, you know, your mother's cooking and the way that when people prepare their own food, it's better for you. We spoke about a ton of stuff. And the point of my story is, if Dave J says JLB can make that public, I already have, Dave. I've already made my calls to you public. Uh, the, the war hoax one, because it's so important. And then the bombersations one, because I think that was one of his stipulations. I think before Dave J joined me for the bombersation back in early 2021, that was his stipulation. It has to be public. I think from memory, that's how it worked. I'm like, sure, whatever. Let's, let's do it that way. So... Yeah, Dave J, your call's already public. But all the Marcus Allen ones are behind the paywall because he specifically requested not to release any of it. But if Marcus emailed me tomorrow and said, um, release them publicly, I'd be happy to. Or I'd be even happier Brace yourself. for people to contact Marcus. And so just, that's one of um, Ab's. So I'm going to put a link to, I couldn't find your um, John LeBon on the Higher Side chat webpage, but I found it on Podcast Addict, so I'm not going to look too much harder. So... If you want to listen to John the Bond on the higher side chats, that's that's on the internets here from twenty 
April 31st, 2018. I probably listened to this. August. That's August. It oh, was sorry, August 31st, 2018. I probably listened to it, but I don't remember anymore. But uh, I'll put it on my show notes. I still get feedback seven. about that one to this day. People saying they think it's one of the best calls they've listened to. And guys, that's not me bragging. I'm just saying that's what people tell me. One of the well, best calls they've listened to. And when that was published on either side, because what um, Greg Carl used to do was he'd upload the first hour. In my case, he uploaded the first 90 minutes because it was a two and a half hour call. It was, uh, yeah, it it was says a stream. It's two and then, hours and 11 minutes and four seconds here. Well, that's strange because that's strange because the public version was 90 minutes and the private version was two and a half hours. So how there's a two hour, 11 minute version, I'm not sure. Who knows? The point is when he uploaded the first hour of our chat to his YouTube channel, it got more views and more comments than any other guests in the two months leading up to my appearance and the two months subsequent. Then after that, he interviewed uh, David Icke and some other bigger people. Um, who was that guy, the the vaccine guy? This is before the GB jabs became a thing. Oh, really? So he had a few people with much bigger followings than me subsequent. But in terms of just the regular independent content creators, my appearance was a smash hit. Got more comments, more views uh, by some by some margin as well. So I know it sounds like I'm bragging. I'm just it telling you guys like what really happened. It sounds like you're bragging a bit. Well, <laughs> I'm just okay. telling you what really happened. It's These all right. It's okay. I, I just deal with the facts, Ab. I'm a facts dealer. That's what I do. So and just let me remind people that. that fakeologist is a value for value. I take a different model because I I go crazy with paywall. So, for instance, I want to look at the show notes from the Marcus Allen show on the higher side chats. Guess what? Can't look at them because I'm not paying for it. So my you know what I can I can just copy it. You know what? I don't think Greg Carwood would mind if no, I no no it's okay. I, I'm a paying subscriber to his website. No, it's I pay okay. Like eight bucks a month, and I think it's worth every cent. I can go and just copy and paste them for you if you want to see the show notes. No, it's all right. I just, I, you could do that if you wanted, but I'm just telling you just for, cause I'll, I'll lose interest right away when I stop talking about it. But just this is what makes me frustrated for with paywall. So if you're looking at this 10 years later when this is really old news, you still can't look at it unless you pay. So we're different. We leave everything wide open. I don't like paywalls. And anyone can listen to this. And really, we live off the people that have the money that that are supportive. And like people like Harmon. Harmon has donated a bunch of times through all kinds of different ways, including old-fashioned fiat. And he's helping pay for the freeloaders that don't want to pay or can't pay. So you owe, you owe it to Harmon and people like that. Even Dave J pays. I made a couple donations to fake all just so you guys are uh, running off the backs of these guys. And I'm sure they don't mind because it, if they think it's worth it, then uh, they promote it. So people that don't have money or don't think it's worth it, they still listen. And uh, it's up to them to uh, make a donation and just know that they can get all the same material easily and comment and interact. And uh, they'll figure it out that this is... This is sort of a donation-based value-for-value model, which I think is the best model. But uh, not every, people do it differently, and you've done it differently with your your pay model. It's it's supported you very well, and you have some very generous donors that. Oh, that I wouldn't say very well, Ab. But the, the amount of money that I made from JohnTheBond.com, if I was back in Australia, I would be literally below the poverty line, and that's why I wanted to be in low-cost of living countries, such right. as in Southeast Asia or more recently oh, okay. Eastern Europe. But cool. I don't want you to think that I'm making bank here. And by the way, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. No, you're doing And pretty, I, I yeah. don't ask for donations and I don't accept donations. Mm-hmm. And there's a few people out there who've said to me that they would like to support me in this way financially, that way. And I say, thank you very much. 
just pay your monthly <laughs> subscription or your yearly subscription. That's all the support I want. So yeah. you have your model, which is donations based, and I respect it. That's your model. It works for you. Yeah. My model is there's no donation page. I don't ask for donations. There's no bumper every 15 minutes saying well, send through your money. It's just I only have bumpers on the, the audio chat. <laughs> which I'm trying to say, like, yeah. there's, when people listen to me, there's no, hey, can I have more money? It's, you're paying yeah. a monthly fee or a yearly fee. That's all we want from people. Now, yeah. that's people have different models, and yours works for you, mine works for me, and I'm very grateful for people who support me, and I'm grateful for the people who support you, Ab. Yeah. There's me a too. rumor that maybe John LeBond sent through some cash a couple of times back in the day. That's a rumor that I've heard. Then if it's true. Well, you would be, you know what? You would definitely be on the donor page. I put every single person on here. So if I do a quick search, oops, I pressed the wrong button there. Um, if I do a quick, quick search, you are definitely on here. John LeBond, past monthly donors. Yes, you are. A couple times. Yeah. And the reason why I stopped, the reason why I stopped, I used to be a $9.11 a month donor. The reason why I stopped because one day I'm walking along and I'm not going to name any names because it's by the by and not here to defend themselves, but. For the umpteenth time, I heard a certain person yeah. making false allegations against me. Oh, and I thought to myself, God. it's bad enough that one of my favorite podcasts is oh. being ruined by this, by these lies. Oh, right. Why am okay. I sending money? Yeah, I got And I said to myself, when you get home, you have to stop donating. I'm sick of this stuff. And I did. <laughs> and that's why I stopped donating. But, but since I got some personal persons have stopped their nonsense about me, maybe it's time to rejoin as a donor. Maybe I should do that. Maybe and you know what? You don't have to donate monthly. You can donate uh, one at a time or just here and there. It's not a big deal to me. It's really what you feel value you get out of it. And you and you promote the site. And guess what? That's probably worth more than a cash donation. And if that's what you do and you make videos, that's worth a lot of money because I know how much time it takes to make a video and put thoughts together. And you've done a great job promoting me and you have a special page so to me that's value it's the same thing it's for people who can't do what you do promote that just hey here's a quick 20 uh, that's their easiest way to donate so that that's why it's why it's available so but you you've done something probably very very valuable it's like having a custom or handmade gift or greeting card it's way more valuable than just something you buy off the shelf so i don't you don't owe me anything so it's it's fine so this is really my 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 way of supporting you because i don't send you value i have to admit but i don't i just it's not no, you've never joined my website i have I never know. joined your website but on the other hand i would definitely offer you the the faco tube facility to make you sub and put your videos up. And I've said that at least five times to you. And you've been reticent, which is fine. But that would be my way of offering, an easy way to offer value back to you. So, um, Well, I do appreciate that. And maybe mm -hmm. at some point in the next week or two we can discuss. Yeah. Like I said, if I can make the no poll thing. I'm not interested in splitting. You split your audiences among different yeah. outlets through Restream. I just want to get whoever's listening to my, say, yeah. the Conspiracy No Poll review all in one place. But we can talk about that in the future. Time is getting away from us. Yeah. Just going back to that fakeologist page, and right. once again, just to put a little underline under it, yeah. massive thanks to people who support com as members, yeah. and massive thanks to people who support I had the fakeologist through the donations, to Harmon and to all the others, even to uh, Uncle Vigilante with his epic cash. Yeah. Like the people who, like it shouldn't, you are putting in your time and you're, you're putting in your effort. It shouldn't be coming out of your pocket to pay for the, the video host, which is how much, 200 bucks a month? Yeah. Your supporters should be doing that. And from what I can tell, they are. They are. That's terrific. That's the way 
That's a, that's a fantastic thing. So getting back to this fakeologist page, I, I wrote who runs the operation. It seems like most of what I wrote is fairly accurate. Looks good what so about far. towards the bottom of that section? Um, transvestigation. Um, I was one of the first people to identify the pandemic as a hoax. Yes. I don't know if I was one of the first one. I think anyone that's been. No, you were. I wrote an article about this because there was some, um, consternation among certain oh, psychologists. Okay. When I, when I claimed to be the first person in the world to hoax, to auto hoax this coronavirus pandemic, there were some people on a certain audio chat who were like, Oh, that's just JLB. He's just making it up. I was like, well, maybe I am. Let me go and check the timestamps of the different content that was posted around that time. And I discovered according to the objective data that yes, I was the per- first person in this corner of the internet to say that this coronavirus pandemic is in fact a hoax. I never claimed to be the one who discovered and people copied me. We all worked out at the same time. I just happened to be in the right time zone when the story became front page news all over the world. I just happened to be in the right time zone to be the first person to make a video saying that this pandemic is a hoax. Within 24 or 48 hours, we'd all worked out, hold on, they're pushing the same story in every Western nation with the same nonsense rhetoric. This is a hoax. We all did it. I just happened to be the first person, I guess, nearby a computer when CNN went live with their front page story. So that's all I was saying. I never claimed to be some great um, discoverer of it. But then when people started saying, oh, JLB's, I'm like, well, let's look at the evidence. So I've got a detailed article at JohnTheBond.com saying who. And so I looked at, uh, at the fakeologist. I looked at Clues Forum. I looked at Reddit. I looked at JohnTheBond.com. I looked at my YouTube. I looked at all across. And the evidence says that I was, in fact, the first person to say this pandemic is, in fact, a hoax. And that was January 19 of 2020. So there's another 11.9 for you. What are the odds of that? So going through this little page here, fakeologist. Let me just interrupt real quick. Dirty Benny says, excellent rapport with AB and JLB. Dirty Benny also says the J JLB call is legendary. And uh, Dirty Benny also said it would be amazing if you talked to Mr. E. So I think Dirty, is Dirty Benny a super agent on the John LeBond site? Because <laughs> I don't think he's even a member of John LeBond. Wow. Please okay. correct me, Dirty JLB Benny. on fire Some... from Dirty Benny as well. You have a big fan in Dirty Benny. Okay. Well, I'm a big fan of Dirty Benny's as well. I could be wrong. Cause yeah. It's, I can't know who every yeah. member Maybe is. Maybe he's got another name on the site. Sites. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't think he's a member. I could be wrong if I am. I apologize, but I don't think he's a member of JohnTheBond.com. Anyhow, so. Well, maybe he will be now. This, um, well, he can't. No one can join. That's the problem. Well, you when you start up again. 11. When you start up again. Well, well, it's not starting up again. It's going to be a one-off window. I might make it three or four days. I'm not sure. Around March 11. Wow. I'm going to reopen, and that will be the last Put time. Put it in your calendars, people. Join. Last time? Not again. I'm serious. You know, I think... Um, no, no, I, last time I didn't say it was the last time. I just said I'm closing oh, for a few months. Okay. And probably You're not like Elton John. Away. He's on his last tour of Australia. Like, what is he, 80 years old now? Uh, apparently, Rolo's so cheap, he sat outside the stadium to listen to the show. <laughs> Can you believe that? <laughs> was it really because he's so cheap? Listen, Rollo has cash. It's probably because they wouldn't let him smuggle his drinks in. Oh, maybe, so yeah. So he used to sit outside. I've never done that. Okay. Let's, uh, let's finish this section and then we're going to wrap it up. You know, I, I, I will, just like I've been extending an invitation for you to come on FacoTube, I think we should have a monthly chinwag where we just get together and have a quick chat, even if it's, um, you know, seven o'clock my time and one o'clock your time. If you, if you're interested, you certainly have an open invitation. Yeah, I definitely am. I appreciate that. And you did start early for me. You I did. You did it nice and quick. So. 
I do appreciate that. And yeah, I mean, it's and four o'clock local time here. People can probably hear that I'm stumbling over my words. Crazy, crazy late. A lot of fun. Crazy late. But crazy. we do need to just get through this okay. operation. So how about at the bottom? I wrote, because I, I, I wanted to make sure that they think this was any way being condescending or speaking out of turn. I wrote that, okay. you know, at one point you were a fan of the Maple Leafs. But That's right. These days, what I didn't include, I was tempted, was to write kind of funny <laughs> that you put your daughter in into watching that. the NHL. This is so, I got to send this to my, uh, to my wife so she can read this. This is a great. Well, apparently she sent this page to you a couple of years ago. She did? There's a couple of posts. You, you've got, yeah, you've got two different posts on fakeologist.com. My wife sent this to you me? You mentioned this page. Yeah, on one of the, you can even search your website right now. If you look up JLB review or something. Okay. You'll find a blog post that you made where you write that your wife sent this to you. Oh my God. Right. You've got, you've got two different posts about my fakeologist page. Oh, here I it is. Yeah. About it. AC. Yeah. That's, um, that's one of them. Oh, I even spelled yep. your name wrong. JKB. Well, <laughs> well, those are audio chats. How did that what come you did from? was, you know, you've got the blog, you wrote blog posts. I can even right. see if I can find it as well. I've got a, I've got well, a search engine here. You're well. on my uh, site a lot. So it might be hard to find. Um, yeah, it might okay. be hard to find. But anyhow, you, you made a blog post saying that. Mrs. Fakeol just sent this to me, something along the lines of JLB is a super fan, something like that. Okay. And so, yeah, I don't know how she found it. I don't know. The, the point of my story is there are two, you've got two different blog posts. She's probably Googling hey, me all it. the time. Told her not to Google mm, me in public. Maybe she's Googling me. I don't know. Mrs. Fakeologist JLB. Maybe that'll bring it up. We have a search It'll engine on our front page at fakeologist.com. Um, JLB. Okay. Well, here you are. So you've been on many times. Oh, you're right. This is fake. All just found this on a search. I may have posted this again, but here it is again. Okay. So you're right. That was and you had on posted it before. July. Okay. That was even la a couple of years ago. July 2nd, 2021. Yeah. Is that still? Yeah. Wow. Okay. You're right. Okay, it mm -hmm. leads me to the same page. So, yeah, we've just talked about it before. It just shows, um, okay, and you said you have to update the page 18, a year ago. So there you go. Good stuff. Wow. Oh, yeah. So what I wrote was a year ago, I wrote, I haven't updated this for 18 months. That's probably more like 18 months ago, but the way WordPress, it just rounds down. Yeah. So I was meant to update this page a year or two ago. I've been meaning for a long time, but for the last two days, I finally sat down and did it. And here we are. And that's, I guess, Amazing. how this cause has happened because I spent two days now and I still need to tweak a few things as we've discovered. But generally speaking, I think this is pretty accurate. I didn't include the anecdote about how you got your daughter into watching NHL. Then you decided it's all fake. You don't want to watch it anymore, but she's still a fan. Oh my I God. Find to be ever... amusing, uh, story. Yeah. Yep. And then I write that yeah. you don't generally meet your fans and followers in real life. Well, like most, most of them are not in now, Canada. See, I do meet them. I, I fly across the freaking the continent to go and meet some of my long-term, I wouldn't even call them fans. We're basically friends at this point. I've been to England to meet a guy I've known for five years. That's amazing. I flew to Estonia, who was on. Hando was on the call with Dave J. I flew to Estonia to go and meet Hando. I spent two weeks with him. It was amazing. A lot of content created. And, and then people come and stay with me. Fung, who was on the same call with Dave J, came and spent, I think, four weeks in my apartment, in my spare room. It was amazing. This was in the summertime. That is cool. of our lives. So I, I meet people. For me, this is real life. But a lot of content creators, they want to keep a distance. And I think you're one of them, Ed. It's not, it's not, no, it's, if we, if we, well, that was, a, he just came through. 
Um, but it's not, it's not, it's not really deliberate. It's, I just don't have a ton of time. But maybe in the future when I get closer to retirement and if I'm still doing this crap, then <laughs> the crap, this stuff, then maybe I would. But I, I would go to a meetup for sure. The No Agenda Show does meetups. I think I could probably fit one in if it's on a, on my day off, maybe for a couple hours, I would do it. But I don't think there are a lot of Canadian fans and Toronto's the biggest city in Canada. But again, I just don't. I don't think I have a lot of fans around here. I, I Okay, how about the section where I write, apart from working his job and discussing media fakery, hmm. it is not clear that Ab has many outside interests or hobbies other than general health. Ab that's, is a teetotaler and spends right. a lot of time listening to various health-based content creators. For example, Ab is a promoter of the idea that humans should squat when going to the bathroom <laughs> and has installed a squatty potty right. in his own home. It's actually the lily pad. Is that pad. too personal? Is that too personal? No, to because I, I ask people if they squat. I stopped asking because I forgot about that. But actually, the squatty potty is kind of useless. It's the lily pad, which is a carpentry set that you assemble yourself from New Zealand. And it goes around your existing toilet. And that way, you, you should not squat on your toilet if you're over 100 pounds because you'll probably break it. So you have the this contraption that goes around to the side of the bowl called a lily pad. It's not the ideal squat position, but it's close enough. And it works. And, um, yeah, I, I really believe in that. So that, that might really go a long way to colon health. Really? Col- colon? Colon? I think you're onto something with that. I still remember that call. That was being back in 2016. I think you had that dude on. Yeah. And at first I was like, this is a bit strange. Yeah. But once you guys started discussing it all, I was like, actually, this makes perfect sense. This makes perfect sense. And I don't believe in human evolution and that kind of stuff, but just thinking about it logically. Yeah. This does make perfect sense. And I have, and I have strong lower calves now because now I can squat down and do just about anything, fix something under the car. And probably your flexibility has improved as well. Have you noticed better like ankle mobility or or knee mobility? Maybe, maybe. Well, actually my knees are starting to hurt now because just, I don't know, just. Well, you're getting old, I guess. Just use. Mid fifties, that happens. I know. I think the idea though is that a lot of people feel they can't squat. But it's just not practice. It's a bit like yoga. Yes, if you, you do have it to enough, practice. your body will adapt, I think is the idea. It does hurt if you're squatting for say more than 10 minutes because it just starts to, to hurt your, your legs and your knees, uh, at least mine anyway. But uh, yeah, it's the ideal way to, um, eliminate. And that all came from this idea called a squatty potty, which is just a, a footstool that brought your feet up maybe six inches. It's not really the ideal thing, but. It was really promoted on the Howard Stern show and other radio shows, and they really put a lot of money into advertising on these shows. That's how it got my attention. Then I looked into it because I'd never heard of the concept, and then it just came down to let's get something even better, and that's what I did. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a real thing, and um, I think it really helps. It helps a lot. But we've been going about two and a half hours. You must be tired. No, we have to wrap up very soon, just quickly, because I don't have, we don't have time to get into the details. I wanted to ask you about the vaccines and what's really happening. We can do that on the next call, but just quickly. Yeah. I wrote there that Ab now believes that one of his daughters has a chronic illness that was caused by the vaccines. Have I misrepresented you there? Is that your position? No, that is totally right. And you know what? The more I look into this, the more I am convinced of it. Just today I was on Tim Truth. He's on Odyssey, and the only reason I listen to Tim Truth is because he is on. And when I'm out of things to listen to, I'll listen to his podcast since it's already on my phone. 
and it's actually a vodcast, video podcast. I will listen to him, and he's doing some outstanding work. Tim Truth is, and I'm just gonna pull up the um, the latest videos. I think it's on here somewhere. What page? I guess I'm on the wrong page here. Let me go to page one, and I pulled a couple of uh, things off his latest video. And one of it is a movie called Vaxxed versus Unvaxxed. U.S. child vaccines are poison for sure. And this guy here is one of the lawyers. He really, really broke it down that any, almost every single autoimmune disease is caused by vaccines, not just the COVID vaccine. We're talking about all vaccines. And don't forget, they have blanket immunity from any kind of liability since 1986. Thank you, Ronald Reagan's government. Not him in particular, but his government or his administration at the time. And I am absolutely positively convinced that having aluminum adjuvants in vaccines before it was, I think, more thimerosal, mercury, uh, they are metals that your body can absolutely knock it out of the system. Although I did hear about some kind of mineral drink that you can maybe drink for a few years that might help get aluminum out. But yeah, I, I'm just positive that uh, anytime you have a deposit of toxins in your body that it can't get out, it settles in different organs. The pancreas being one of them, I think it's destroyed the pancreases of many people. And that makes them what's called a type 1 diabetic, which means they produce little or no insulin. So they become insulin dependent for the rest of their natural lives, which are incidentally usually shortened by maybe 10, 15, 20% just because, you know, you cannot simulate a pancreas perfectly and therefore you will go through some highs and lows that do cause, uh, I would say over time damage, severe damage. It's just like running a Is car. Is it fair to say that 2020, because you are still interested in media fakery and yeah. fakeology.com is still the hub of media fake discussion. Is it fair to say that 2020, in the same way that the sync books in 1718 changed my direction, and I've gone yeah. off in the sync and the esoteric and all this crazy yeah. stuff. Is it fair to say that 2020 kind of, you've gone more in the vaccines, yeah. not just the coronavirus, but just in general? It has taken up a lot more of your research and your interest these days than, yes. say, five years ago. Absolutely, cool? because it's so much more relevant. Everyone is, uh, if, if they weren't sort of a fakeologist before, everyone by default is a fakeologist before because everyone is being forced into the PSYOP, whether you like it or not. You can't go anywhere, even to this day, without being affected by it. They are going to jam this in your face till the end of time. So you have to be a fakeologist now. So you can be a skeptic. Everyone, I think, is a skeptic to one degree or another. But if you want to go all the way with your skepticism, you're a fakeologist. So I'm just meeting people where they are. Nobody really gives a damn about 9-11 or JFK. Now everyone is in the, the biggest psyop in the history of the world. It's a worldwide, it doesn't, it, it goes everywhere in the world where there's an internet connection. So this psyop is just, it's everywhere. It's endemic. So everyone should have an interest in it. Therefore, I wanted to pivot the site. So, okay, I'll talk about 9-11. I'll talk about JFK. I'll, I'll talk about the shooting hoaxes. I'll talk about the United Nations. But it's so much more. So now we're in a worldwide transition where they're trying to jam through this world global 
governance, not government, governance. So it's all going to be administered by familiar country, federal, state governments, but it's all coming from a central command central, command center. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, what I talk about is relevant to more people than ever before. And even if I'm talking about uh, just squatting, well, the reason why you should listen to me as opposed to someone else is because I, I talk about squatting in the context that we're being lied to and it could come right down to using a toilet. I mean, there's a reason maybe why, maybe a, a, a fakeologist perspective on using a toilet. Now it might not be, you might think it's just because it's easier and it's convenient, but maybe they want, uh, you know, if, if they really are trying to kill us with vaccines, which I think they, they are, then maybe just, uh, changing your position on the toilet could have, um, health consequences that are, that are being administered by the same people. So if you listen to a fakeologist talk about something so, so mundane or just so, so odd, but it, it might help you. So that really, again, I just think my audience is way wider now and, um, it's so relevant today. And I bring what I think is the best material. And I'm still sorting it out too. I'm not perfect on the people I present, say on Fakeologist or FakeOtube, but I am really trying to hone uh, the the content, even from this particular woman from TikTok. I mean, she's not completely right. She's got a few things wrong, but I think overall, this person would never be talking about the Club of Rome and MK Naomi. Um, she's not really a Fakeologist, but it's sort of relevant to what we talk about. So I put her on there. And, uh, you know, I've watched this guy, this lawyer. I have a better clip. I thought I, um, I, I guess the clip didn't upload, upload, but this guy is just so bang on when he's talking about study is the Achilles heel of big pharma. They are so afraid of the vax versus unvax study. It is the one thing they will not touch. The one thing. This they guy's will. one of the first guys I've ever heard talk about what is the Achilles heel, what is the crux of this whole thing. And that is that all vaccines are toxic and have caused untold damage, mainly through chronic illness. Where I think he said, he did research recently that 60% of all, of every American over 50 has a chronic illness. Be it heart disease, diabetes, it's it's incredible, incredible. Anyway, you sent me a link. You want me to open it? Yeah, because we need to start. I know that you are. It's, it's late for me, but it's you get to be very able to late work to do you. tomorrow. Whereas I can I can sleep until three p.m. if I like. So just to tie all this in, because yeah. some of the people, who, some oh. people who listen to this, they'll be right on board with my sync stuff, my esoteric, my occult. It totally into it. But some people listening to this still think that it's all a, lot of a little bit crazy. So okay. you just spent a couple of minutes talking about vaccines. And of course, vaccines are injected via what? A needle. When you think of the Seattle skyline, what do you think of? Right. There's a space needle. A space needle. But you know what? Now, I think of Toronto to, more I, than I think of Seattle. Seattle has a little puddle jumper compared to the big phallic symbol we have in Toronto. You know, we have the CN Tower, which yeah, yeah, is yours the, is bigger, um, just the like biggest that, uh, crazy troll computer used to say. Yeah, we want to. So check this out. This is from Season 3, Episode 11 of Colony. And I heard about this thanks to Tim Osman. And I started listening to Tim Osman yeah. thanks to you. I right. didn't have anything to do with him. Yeah, I didn't want anything fantastic. to do with any flat earthers at all. So I ignored him. 
But then in 2019, you kept going on about Tim Osman. So I was like, okay, I'll listen. And before long, I became a fan of his, interviewed him, and good. we've had a pretty good, what would you call like a working relationship, like a collegiate relationship ever since. He's a must-listen for me. Must-listen. He's terrific. He's not, not without his flaws, same as me, same as you, but yeah. generally speaking, he's a must what he listen. does, bar none, by a long distance. Now, I heard about this. Yeah. This is season three, and dear listeners and viewers, it all makes sense at the moment. This is season three, episode 11. So again, Ted Ross with his, the coronavirus can be characterized as a pandemic. That was March 11, 311, okay? This is season three, episode 11 of a TV show called Colony, where some unseen force takes over the humans, but it's actually the humans who police each other. What does that remind you of? Just play the first 15 seconds of this clip, Ad. Just play that for the listeners at home, for the... There's a lot of talented people in this colony. Put them together, we could do some real damage. A war is coming, and our planet is going to be the battlefield. Seattle is going to be ground zero for the reboot of civilization. Okay, just pause it there. It's the beginning of the... Seattle is going to be the ground zero for the reboot of civilization. Seattle with its space needle. And where was the first case of the so-called coronavirus in the United States? All right, it was Seattle. Here's a trivia question. Of course it was. Yeah. So... Is this all just a coincidence? The three, the 11, the Seattle, the space needle is injections going into your body. If someone comes to me and says, JLB, I've taken time to think about what you've said. And I think you're completely off base. You've got apophenia. I think you're crazy. I'd say that's fair enough. We don't need to discuss it any further, but I think any intelligent person, if they can put their superstition phobia or their something bigger than us phobia aside and think through this, I think a lot of people realize. Maybe there really is something going on here. And that's the kind of thing I talk about at johnthebond.com. So last thing, Ad, we can't go through the whole fakeologist review. No. I appreciate you we'll going through We'll come back and finish it. If you can, we'll come back. I, I will in a week or two. If you All just right. scroll down to the section on the page that says JLB promotion of fakeologist, there's a one-minute clip. I'd love it if you could play that, and we can round it out thereafter. So, again, folks, this is all linked to in the show notes of this call, wherever you find it on Podbean on fakeologist.com, johnlebond.com, you'll find everything you need. But, okay, uh, yes, yeah, so you can go and check this out. But there's one section that I'd love to play since we've got the audio going. Yeah. I've written a detailed article about your best content. Is and that right here? scroll down a little bit further. Okay. Yeah, that's so section 10. So that fakeologist high watermark, that's yeah. a detailed article that I wrote about some of your best content. Click and there. And then this one clip. Okay. No, no, just below that, that YouTube video. Yeah. This is a clip that I took from one of your epic must have been a 10, 13, 16 hour audio chat. This is back in the good old days of Fakeologist Discord, back when there were so many people here. Oh, there'll be good days ahead, John. Don't worry. Well, I certainly hope so. I'll do my best to promote it. This is a <laughs> one minute clip from one of your, uh, sometimes participants on the audio chats. Yeah. Yeah. If you could just play this one clip and hopefully people can see that there is some good stuff in the audio chats. There is some stuff people want to ignore, but there's some gold. This is an example. I've just played this one minute, then we can wrap it up. I would like to hear your theories on why. Why do you think you've been vaccinated? You've been brainwashed. You've been raised on the fake meat. The You've been raised on all of the bullshit that every single person else has been. You've been raised in the education system. You've been raised with dumbass NPC parents who raised you to be a dumbass NPC. You probably got the tip of your dick cut off if you're a guy. No offense. That's probably what happened to most of you. You all have been completely subjugated as a slave. And yet, here you are 
Why do you think that is? And I'd like to hear people's answers for that because nobody wants to say why they think for some reason. Everybody else in their family, oh, they're just brainwashed. They're just, but you were too and you escaped it. Why? Why do you think you got through all of the trauma, all the vaccines you got as babies, the circumcision, the ultrasound, the breast, the lack of breastfeeding, the formula, the going to, um, daycare, being separated from your mother, all of these things. Why do you think you, you personally somehow escaped all of this? But for some reason, when it's your brother, sister, you get this weird, yeah, but see, they were just brainwashed and they're just, but so were you. You were, were given the exact same treatment as all of these motherfucks. So why the hell do you, sorry for swearing so much. Why do you think you personally escaped all of this? Why? That's the great Sarah, former um, wife of Velocet from Florida. She's fantastic. And uh, mm-hmm. she. Yeah, Dirty Benny Alive chat says, Sarah, this was a gem. The whole call was, it was like 10 or 13 hours or what have you. So I've probably listened to more fake knowledge stories than most people. And yes. I'm not going to pretend that all of it is great audio. Of course it's not. But there it's is some possible. gold to be found among the audio chats. And that's one of the reasons why I promote a fakeologist. So we do need to wrap it up. I will come back again in the future. Yep. Big thanks once again for starting the show early to accommodate me here in oh, no Eastern problem. Europe. All of the links that people need to your website, to yeah. the Conspiracy Nopal forum, to the different things we've spoken about, the show notes will all be there. And yeah. I will come back at some point. We can pick up the conversation. And again, one final time, yeah. the JLB free mailing list. You want to join that. I don't spam people. I haven't sent anything for two months to anybody. There's no spam. But when the time is right, I'll let people know how to come and join what I believe is the best think tank for skeptics anywhere in the world. It's been running now for six, seven years as a website. I've been doing content for eight or nine years as a content creator. And there's no end in sight. There's more good stuff coming. And I'm looking forward to the rest of this year and beyond. So big thanks to you, Ab, there in Toronto. And please say hi to Mrs. Fakeologist. I will. Her favorite page on my website has been updated. There's more stuff for her to read. That's and amazing. Thanks to all the fakeologist supporters out there. Big thanks to all the members of JohnLeBond.com. I'm Joby coming to you from Biddable Plovdy, Bulgaria. Big thanks once again, Ab. You've been a, you've been a very good uh, influence for me for the last seven years. Oh, I, I really appreciate it. This is, this is a great long time coming interview. And I think we should uh, convene monthly if, if possible. And definitely I would love to see you on FacoTube. I want you to put it through its paces. And I definitely want you to make use of it. That will be my value for value back to you. And I think it would be great. So we definitely should be talking more often because, uh, well, you're a super fan. So how could I not? And I'm a big fan of your work as well. So excellent, excellent, excellent appearance tonight. I really enjoyed it. Very long, but it didn't feel like it was two and a half, almost three hours. But uh, we'll see what the comments are like on this video and on the on the blog post. So I, th- I think we're going to get great reviews tonight. Lots of listeners. So thank you, John. Thank you very much, man. All Thanks right. Have a good night, everybody. We will be back tomorrow. Uncle Vigilante. He is uh, on Wednesday. This Wednesday and the next Wednesday. So John LaPond... Was a, was a great surprise to any one of you guys looking for Uncle V tonight. So thanks again to John LeBond, johnlebond.com. Thanks to all you guys for supporting the website. And we'll try and get this audio up tonight, if not tomorrow morning. And have a great evening, everybody. Good night.